Hello and welcome to an all new episode of The Spotlight. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here with you fine people tonight. We have yet again another wonderful program for you. And I want to introduce my lovely co-host, the one and only Jen. How are you doing, Jen? Doing great. How are you doing tonight, Kente? I'm doing great. And you're all the way in Hawaii. So jealous. I'm just so jealous. It's still daylight, sunny, and warm, just to sort of rub it in a tiny bit. Yeah, it's probably one of the few places where I'm pretty jealous. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy that you are here. And we're also joined by Nikki. How you doing, Nikki? Hi, Kente. Hi. And where are you from? New York City. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Wait, you're not going to say that you're jealous? <laughs> I'm so jealous. I mean, you know, New York. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little background. This is your first time on the show. Um, okay. Well, I'm a, I used to be an entertainment blogger, so I'm obsessed with everything entertainment. Obviously, I keep up. Even though I no longer write as an entertainment blogger, like I am still obsessed with everything, and I still read and watch, watch everything that I possibly can. And now I'm just focusing on graphic and web design, and I'm soon to be working on my own podcast um you'll be updated on that all right and what's that podcast going to be about um social issues in the black community and not all not all serious some things are fun you know relationships as well and of course that kind of stuff because i i can't live without talking about the way that men and women interact because i'm obsessed with that too so those are the kind of topics we'll be talking about serious and fun at the same time you know, I'm, you know, I'm obsessed with that kind of stuff too. I mean, you know, uh, I've, uh, gotten in many trouble, uh, (laughs) sharing my views on that subject, but you know what? It is what it is. So I'm looking for trouble. So I will have to have you come on because for sure I want trouble. I, I specifically only want troublemakers. Well, you got it in me because uh, <laughs> you know me. I will speak my mind, even though that might get me killed. Killed. <laughs> so uh, I'm so glad that you two ladies are here, and um, let's get the show going. Um, this is episode 242. So hard to believe that, but we are here and happy to be here. Now today is an interesting day. I don't know if you guys realize it, but today is Groundhog's Day. And Groundhog's Day is one of those weird days, you know, um, I'll read the little thing. It says, uh, February 2nd, when, according to tradition, the groundhog emerges from hibernation. If it sees its shadow, it returns to its burrow for six weeks as a sunny day indicates a late spring, while a cloudy day would mean an early spring. And most people know about Puxatani Phil you know, the big event that they do every year. And, um, you know, this just, you know, seems like one of those BS <laughs> days that they, uh, that we have, you know, we have so many now these days, but, uh, this one's a, one of the old long running one. And, um, but when I think of Groundhog Day, seriously, you know what I think of? The movie? The movie. That's right. <laughs> that movie yeah. is pretty good. And that movie holds up too. It's like, it's still you could still have a good time watching it, but uh, to me that's the best thing that came out of uh, that this day Groundhog Day is the movie. Yeah, you know if if you look up in the dictionary uh, what Groundhog Day means, 
There is actually an entry in the dictionary that says doing the same thing over and over again. And that is directly because of the movie. Right. Right. Every movie that has that similar premise, that's what they, they call it. Like Happy Death Day that came out and some other movies. Yeah, it's because of that movie. The movie is, uh, the movie is awesome. But, you know, this made me ask this question. And I will relate it to this. You guys know that there was um, these fires in Los Angeles, uh, around Los Angeles. Not in really Los Angeles, but around surrounding areas, right? And there was this video that emerged of this man. On, you know, there was fires on the freeway, right off the freeway. And this man jumps out of his car and he, you know, he goes through the smoke and then he emerges with a um, bunny. Right. And um, hold on one second. We're about to add uh, uh, another guest um, while we're doing that. Um, so he emerges with a bunny. Right. And everybody was talking about how awesome that was. Right. That he emerged with a bunny. Right. I saw that. OK. But is it because he went and got the bunny because of, you know, um, you know, he was such a good guy. Or is it because the bunny's cute? Like Bunnies are cute. Like, if it was a possum, would he have um, jumped in there like that? No. Do you remember that scene in, in the Pee-wee's, what is the Pee-wee movie, where he, like, goes into the place and he's, he takes care of all the pets? Like, there's a fire or something, and right. he goes in and takes and then he has to go in for the snakes and he doesn't want to, but he does. And he's like <laughs> freaking out as he does it. That's not real. I'm, the snakes are dying most of the time. I'm going to be honest. The possum would be gone. <laughs> it's and, not cute enough. That's right. Right. Um, oh, and welcome to the show. We have Nicole. How you doing, Nicole? Hey, sir. I'm doing well. And yourself? Doing good. Now we have a Nikki and a Nicole. Well, two Nicoles. But uh, you will be <laughs> Nicole tonight and Nikki will be Nikki. So uh, thank you for joining okay. us. Oh, thank you. Well, you can call it my my uh my guy given name, Princess Coco. Princess Coco. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Princess Coco. I All love right. it. I love it. Your God given name. Now we're talking about today is Groundhog's Day, and I was I brought up this story about a man during the fires out here, jump you know running to save a bunny, and everybody thought that oh, yeah, was I saw that. yeah. Everybody saw thought that. that was so cute. But my question was, if it was a possum. Would the man have saved it, or if it's something like you know, like a snake, like we were talking about the Pee Wee Herman movie, would he have saved the snake, you know, or is it because the bunnies are so cute and cuddly, you know, is that the reason why the man saved it? Like, if the guy came out with a possum, wouldn't you guys have been like, ah, <laughs> let him die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're like diseased, and you know, like they they go through your trash, and like, I don't. Do we need more possums? Like, I I I think the way to phrase it is, if you went in and you grabbed a raccoon right because raccoons are still kind of cute you know if you see them on their own but they're horrible creatures they're just horrible and they look like bandits too i think it's i think it's the cuteness of the bunny right and they're and they're nice they're not like mean you know bunnies aren't like out here killing people (laughs) you know so that yeah exactly okay wait 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 clearly you did not see watership down Right. I mean, yeah. Bunny's got real skills there. (laughs) When I see on the news a bunny doing something like in that, then surely I'd be like, okay, I take it back. Retraction, please. But you know what, though? What if it was a rabbit rabbit? 
a rabbit rabbit. That sounds funny. A rabbit, <laughs> a rabbit with rabies. A rabbit rabbit. You know, yeah. he could have been, you know, hurt pretty bad, right? Trying to we do can, the humanitarian we can what thing. if this to death. You know that. If we say on this, we'll definitely what if it to death. We're too creative <laughs> for mine. We'll never. We'll be, the bunny will be like an alien by the time. We're, you know. Uh, so my okay. So my question, using that as a premise, is. You know, Poxitani Phil, the groundhog, who, by by the way, is a different groundhog. I think they went through like a ton of them. It's not the same groundhog, obviously. But, you know, he's cute, right? Groundhog is pretty cute, right? Does it only work because the groundhog... Yeah, he's, he is cute. If, you, if I mean, when you really see him, he is pretty cute. Does, <laughs> now, does it work because he's cute? Like, if... Oh, it's a tradition. Yeah. Yeah, but if it was Poxitani Phil, the... I'm going to use, once again, the possum or Pasatani <laughs> the snake. You know, I mean, would people come far and wide to it? So what I'm saying is, is there a discrimination against ugly animals? That's my question. Well, there, there's no doubt that there is discrimination about ugly animals, right? But I think that the, what overrides it is there is no end of fascination to superstitions and things that we hold dear as traditions. So it could be a spider for all we care and we would still all avidly gather around to go did the spider weave the web right because it's we are just that's how we are we are a superstitious bunch of people tradition it's a part of our history and we're going to keep on keeping on with it i don't i don't think of groundhogs in any other context than this specific context i don't even remember that they exist until it's groundhog day and then i'm waiting to see which didn't he not see his shadow or something then we're not so we're like supposed to have an early spring you know real no, talk this, no this year you don't get an early spring sorry guys oh that's only he- happening in hawaii it's still, six weeks. it's still six weeks either way either six weeks of sw- a spring or six more weeks till winter Still six weeks. So it's a, it's a bunch of it's ba- it's basically a bunch of BS. Exactly. <laughs> either way, either way, you gotta wait. You gotta wait six weeks, regardless. Six more weeks of winter, or six more weeks till spring, which means six more weeks of winter. Mm. So. Sorry, I ruined up everybody. I know, Sorry. right? You just told us Santa Claus uh, doesn't exist. Yeah. All right. I'm still going to think it. If he don't see his shadow, we good. That's what I see in my mind. Like, regardless if I know the logical, <laughs> you know, thing, I'm still going to, I have, it's like when you're a kid, you know, tooth fairy, you know, or Santa, you can have your doubts, but like, you want to believe because if you don't believe, then things change and I don't want to change. So mm. that's what that's about. So let me ask you, you find people. Uh, I know that, uh, Jen, you are a mother, right? Right, Jen, you're a mom, right? Yep, I. Okay, and um. Yeah, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, my... <laughs> and I am a mom. Yes. And Princess Coco and Nikki, um, you you two ladies don't have children, right? No. Okay. I haven't pre procreated yet. Now. <laughs> now, if you did have a child, and the child says, "You know what, mom? I want a groundhog. Can we get a groundhog?" What would you say? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that it would be appropriate in my home because I would want to know. I don't know enough about them to say no. I, I'm like one of those people. I overthink. I need to know what does it eat? 
what kind of care does it you know need like could I really maintain this? Would I be taking care of this groundhog or, or could my kid, you know, like a hamster, could they could just do it, you know? So I can't say that I wouldn't, but I need to know more. I can say it. No. no, no. <laughs> I you have no like, problem saying it. <laughs> I have big, right? They're pretty big. I don't know. I like it's animals, not. though. So I, I think yeah, that's I, that. I've been seeing this video online. Okay where this woman has her, she has a daughter. Her daughter loves cockroaches. Mm. No, no, no. And, hey, she, she, her daughter has this thing where she wants to dispel all the, um, the negative connotation around, or connotation around, um, roaches. And so she has literally those big organizer bins full of various types of roaches. Various types, full of roaches, and her mom is going. To, she's like, I'll prefer her not to have a uh, inclination towards roaches, but this is something she wants to do. Um, she she likes bugs, but primarily roaches, and so I'm going to indulge her interest because you know she's my child, and I want her to you know uh, venture out in life and and have an idea what she wants to do, and so she's indulging this. I'm not that type of mom or person, I have to say, because I'm, I'm definitely not a mom, but I would definitely not indulge that. Like, you do not have roaches in the house. It's just not going to happen. They're not pets. They spread disease and they make I, your house very unsightly. Because it's not one of those things where it's just like, oh, they're ugly. I don't like them. It's more like, I don't want them touching my food. I don't want them crawling on my things. I don't want them in my drawer. I don't want them in my bathroom. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want them in my home, right? Exactly. So her- you know, so that's what it's about. It's not like, oh, they're just ugly, so I don't, I hate that. You know, I just don't want them touching me or my things. Like, I don't want exactly. them. Exactly. She has house. a very, she has a very, very strict, um, a very, very strict, uh, uh, lack of a better word, regimen when it comes to handling these roaches. She's like, they can't be out of their um, bins unsupervised. You know, none of this stuff. I'm just like the roaches. You you can't supervise supervise thousands of roaches. You can't do it. I don't care if they're in the bins or not. You can't supervise roaches. They're roaches for a reason. They they run like lightning fast. So how do you keep this from being an infestation? You know, and it's like no. So no. I, it's okay to say I, no. I, 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 I just have I just have to interject one one quick sort of my life with kids anecdote here I have this extreme fear of mice I, I don't know where it came from I don't really understand it but I'm just terrified of them and my kids came to me with what I would consider to be almost like a, a, a powerpoint presentation about why they should have mice and in the end it was not about what I felt like oh yeah okay I'm going to be terrified of having mice in the house it was, here's my awesome offspring putting together all of their best intent and, and convincing me that we should have mice. And it won me over, not because I, I didn't want mice in my house, but there's something about the power of your kids saying, yeah, but, and you fall for it every time. And I'll tell you how that works. Right now in work. our house, we've got two cats, a bunny, a red-eared slider, uh, 
and a bunch of fish. And you know, every single one of those groups of animals started out with, Mom, I'm totally going to take care of it. I'm totally going to buy all its food. I'm totally, guess who takes care of everything? Yeah, that's you. me. So, yeah, that's more for my parents. I, I, I get people saying, you know, no, I would never, but I swear to God, there's something about from your child's lips to your ears, which transforms the things that they want into. Sure, why not? I wish my Did dad would. I wanted a dog, and my dad was like, no, because I'm not I'm going to be the one taking care of it. And that was the end of that. I never got a dog. You be my mom? I know. I want a puppy, mom. Can we get a puppy? Like, and that's a puppy. Right. You know, we're talking about things I never heard of. I was definitely born in the wrong family because I want a horse. So if you could be my mom, that would just be awesome. I, 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 and, and I mean, and I would say, you know, hey, if we had the space and get, well, I would totally be, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, let's no, go. No, ahead no, and do no. This. no, no, no. You have a little farm. We can do a house, a, a horse. Yeah. We can definitely do a yeah. horse. Yeah, a little farm. I, that, I, I, I would totally I do be down for that. For you. I can do a presentation for you. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I can give you a great <laughs> like, PowerPoint. Horse and how we can keep one. Horses yeah. can earn you money, you know. Listen, exactly. Think about the rides I can give around the neighborhood. So yeah, um, we, we're going to get a horse. You just now. don't ever let your kids know that that there's that magic filter. You got to never <laughs> let your kids know that you know that what you that you'll always consider what they have to say as a possible maybe because once they know that the game's over then you're done absolutely that was not me the answer was no well i'm young and i'm only girl so i definitely understand what she's saying because like i may not have gotten the puppy but that's just because he really just didn't want to take care of it like he didn't feel like he didn't want to get up and have to walk it out however many times a day and all that that was just it but everything else i knew that if i asked he would say yes. I'm a daddy's girl. That's just the way it is. Even to this day, I'm a grown woman. I have my own house. If I ask, I ask for something, it's, it's he's gonna talk about it a little bit, but he's gonna say yes regardless. There's always it's always yes. So when when I learned that when I was like six, okay, it was over after that. I knew what I had to do. All I had to do was just just be myself and ask him, and it was over. He's not saying no. <laughs> no. Again, I grew up in the wrong household because they had no problem telling me no. <laughs> like no, none, none. No I'm problem. I'm I've always been a good negotiator, and it it translated into my adult life. But definitely was able to. I could argue any argument, so they they had no choice. It was like, come on, man, she's making too much sense. I can't even like fight this. Right? Then See, it, um, then that's how I, I feel. Just no, just because I said so. I mean, that's not. They weren't. They weren't going to go. That's not enough for me. Because I said so was never enough for me, and they didn't even waste their time with that. They tried it once. It didn't work. They just stopped doing it. All right. Oh, yeah. There's no, definitely a creative pattern. It. My parents just kept saying, I said so. No. <laughs> they kept I mean, they, they were with me at equal force. And when I asked them what they said, no. It's like, go somewhere. Go watch TV. Go lay down. Read a book. <laughs> read, a book. read a book. Read a book. Okay, but, okay, but exactly. you know, go. They, go. they were in they unison. No. If, and if, if, it got to the point where I moved out, I got my own pet. So, if you go back to the "how cute is the animal" thing, I will I will be the first to admit that after about six months <clears throat> of having to, you know, obviously I ended up doing stuff for the mice. And after about six months, not only did I become less afraid of the mice, but I actually started thinking, eh, you know what? They are kind of cute. Look at them with their little personalities and whatever. 
So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, whether something is cute to you or not, I feel like is so subjective. I mean, that guy could have raced in to grab an orangutan and I would have thought, you're crazy. But maybe he thinks orangutans are awesome. No, I'm good. I'm... I don't hate mice. I don't hate them. I hate rats. I live in New York City. I hate rats because of the things that I see in the in the sub- subway. I don't want that. But I mean, a mouse. I I remember when I was like thirteen and my brother was like eleven. Like he, my stepbrother, he was. We we went to the pet shop and we bought some of those white mice that they feed the the um the snakes. They're feeder mice. And we bought them because we were like, they're gonna do what? You know. We bought them. <laughs> You know, and then we set them free and they probably died an hour later, you know, but, you know, we were doing the right thing because in my mind, they're cute and they're not harmless. They're not bothering anyone. But I'm not doing that for no huge New York City subway mutant rat. No, it's not. Happening. Yeah. Th- yeah. Those are not rats. Those are like, yeah, like mutant, uh, genetically altered looking things. Yeah. Those things are. Scary. How many times did you guys see that rat carry that slice of pizza down the stairs? That was like on the news for like a week, and they just consistently kept playing it over and over and over again. It was like everywhere you look. There's this pizza, this mouth, this rat, this huge rat carrying a pizza down the stairs. It's ridiculous. Like I don't want any parts of that. I'm good. All right. All right so now um, I want to introduce this new segment onto the show. It's called the Spotlight News, and the way this will work is me and Jen will um, talk about these different topics. We'll go. You know, um, I'll start off, and then she'll go, and then we'll go back and forth, and we'll pose the question to our panel. So um, uh, I will start, Jen, and um, this is something that I wanted to talk about on the last show, but we didn't get get around to it. And I actually have audio for this one, so I'm going to play the audio, and then uh, we'll talk about it. Four years ago, we started to wonder... What would shopping look like if you could walk into a store, grab what you want, and just go? What if we could weave the most advanced machine learning, computer vision, and AI into the very fabric of a store so you never have to wait in line? No lines, no checkouts, no registers. Welcome to Amazon Go. Use the Amazon Go app to enter. Then put away your phone and start shopping. It's really that simple. Take whatever you like. Anything you pick up is automatically added to your virtual cart. If you change your mind about that cupcake, just put it back. Our technology will update your virtual cart automatically. So how does it work? We used computer vision, deep learning algorithms, and sensor fusion much like you'd find in self-driving cars. We call it Just Walk Out Technology. Once you've got everything you want, you can just go. When you leave, our Just Walk Out Technology adds up your virtual cart and charges your Amazon account. Your receipt is sent straight to the app, and you can keep going. Amazon Go. No lines, no checkout. No, seriously. Alright, so Amazon Go, a place where you don't even have to have a wallet, 
You don't have to have money um, when you walk in there. All you got to do is pick up what you want and walk on out of the place. Sounds like a very interesting store. <laughs> Amazon always comes up with some stuff, don't they? Um, you know, I don't know. It's like when I hear stuff like this, it sounds cool, but also it makes me go, man, it's, I mean, there's so much room for a fraud or whatever. Um, so I want to, um, I want to start off with, uh, with you, Jen, uh, Amazon go. I mean, what do you think about this? Is this the wave of the future or is this just some, you know, something we're going to look back in five years and say, what were they thinking? You know, I don't know, because I originally thought that the idea of Amazon taking over Whole Foods was a horrible idea. And I'm I'm not a Whole Foods shopper, specifically, once in a while. Um, but apparently it's not just brought down prices, but it's also done some amazing things for local people that are actually selling local produce. So... <clears throat> I, I don't I don't know exactly what to think about that, but I hear what you're saying in that. So, OK, so what if you put let's say you put, <laughs> I'm going to problem solve a crime here. What if you put a credit card on file that then doesn't have enough after you do your virtual cart? What does somebody like stop you at the door or <laughs> jack you do, up? <clears throat> <clears throat> Robots mean, come out. <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, what does Amazon come after you for something? I mean, like, there's the only thing I can think of is Amazon is so invested in the customer sort of experience that they expect that you will always have a proper credit card on file because <laughs> you can't do without Amazon Prime because you can't do without whatever. I it, it is sort of crazy, but you know, what if one day you you know spend too much money and you're over your limit, and then what, how do they figure that stuff out? Like, that's the part that I would get a little it doesn't make a whole lot of sense on the other hand amazon seems to have the cutting edge ideas over everything and it's hard to imagine that that the amazon that when they roll something out that with just a little bit of change and a little bit of improvement that it doesn't then become the standard Mm. Uh, what do you what about you uh nikki can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So, because I put my microphone in, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it works because in my mind, you you pick up the item, and once you get past a certain point, it charges it, and if it doesn't charge, you don't go past the second point, right? I, that's how I would imagine it. It's not just, just like I'm walking in the Best Buy and I'm walking at like breakneck speed, and then I'm out of there, even though it didn't charge me, because it still has to it, it has to charge your cart your card at that moment like it wouldn't just like in a in a, on the website if i go on and i add something to my cart and i click buy i don't get it you know because it won't it doesn't accept didn't accept the charge like if the charge was i'm overdrafted whatever the reasoning is it doesn't allow me to go past that certain point so i'm imagining in the store it's the same is that you can't get past a certain point if the the charge hasn't been verified yet or the the, the amount hasn't been verified that, that that's not what it sounded like in the promo though in the promo, they definitely make it sound like you walk in, stuff gets put into your virtual basket, and then they charge you for it. But it's not like it's charging it. It's not like it's charging you before you leave the store. It, it sounds like it's yeah, it, yeah. What I'm just saying, that's not what it sounds like. The, their promo makes it sound like something different. Yeah, I 
I understand, but like that's like a store. Like you don't need to be told like you know like you have to pay for it before you leave. When they say come on in to Sears, we are having a sale on washing machines. They don't say like come on in to Sears and pay for the washing machine before you leave. <laughs> so I guess it's like the same kind of mark. Like they're leaving out some stuff, but they want people to ask questions as well because they want people to interact with them and they want the social media like interest they want people to ask these questions they want interest the more the more the less they like the less they tell you the more you find and you want to find out so then they find out more about what the what the people want and then they adjust it based on that it's all marketing schemes that's all but i think it's cool it sounds cool like i would love to just go into a store and like just have pick up the stuff and not have to wait in a line and behind some person who wants to know how much every item is even though it says it how much it is on the thing and they have a coupon and the coupon's not working and I don't I'm sick of that to death so I would love to just go in and walk out with my stuff can that you, would be fun for me could you we send could work that out that would be great could you send someone to the Amazon Go place to pick up something for you or does it have to be you that's the, one of the questions because you know, like, what if I say, "Hey, Nikki, uh, can you go by and pick me up?" Da 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 da. Could I give you something to then go? That's that's a question I would want. Or could I be shady and then take someone's, you know, whatever, and um, you know, and get something on their bill, but you know, don't have permission for it. So. You know, I, same that's the thing. thing. I guess it would be the same as a credit card, right? Like if you if you have a charge that you didn't um, permit. It would um, it would automatically just like you just make the call and it reverse the charge and that'd be that because like I think about it too and, and I'm thinking about like how cars are because like my dad has a Cadillac and it's one of those newer ones so it doesn't work without the key the not the key but the little the device that you have to have mm-hmm. so maybe it's like that like you get that in the mail some kind of thing that when it when you come in it it beeps you super high tech sounds really cool. You come in, it, it, it beeps you and knows that you have an account, um, and this is this is what it's linked to, and then they um, charge it. Because if, if I want to get, let's say if I want to let you use it, I guess I'd have to give it to you. Um, I don't know. I, I need more information, but I thought that's why they did it this way, right? It's like, because they want you to have more information. Yeah. Um, you said your dad has a Cadillac? Yes. Is he one of those guys we were talking about before yes. the show? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, Dad, if you ever hear this. My dad uh, at one point had two girlfriends. Oh wow! And I remember he told me um, to when she said he said if 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 such and such calls, I'm not here. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's downstairs watching TV with the other. And so I, this is my first taste of ever seeing anything like that before. <laughs> so oh okay, Dad, enjoy yourself. You know, you deserve it, I guess. If he and has then he a, made a decision eventually and married one, so. If he has an old school Cadillac, you got to expect that. He did. <laughs> growing up, we, we, he, had, we, he was in a Cadillac, and then he got a, a newer Cadillac back when I was in junior high, and then he got a, a Lexus for briefly for a while, and now he's back on. He's got, a, a, I think, a 2017 Cadillac now. Okay. So New, new player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I My love TV it. He still calls me to put phone numbers in his phone, but he's got like the, the most high tech f- car. But he's not to save numbers. It's funny. <laughs> I'm I'm becoming that guy myself. <laughs> I'm talking about not being able to put phone numbers in my phone. I gotta call my nephews. I got you. I'll help you out. You can call me just like he does. I'll tell you. Oh, that's what's up. <laughs> so just to wrap a bow on this, I mean, 
I like it because it's different. And, you know, and we'll see, right? Amazon has a lot of money, so they can afford to fail at something. But I can see people really getting into it. And, you know, Amazon just does a great job with everything that they do. And they're taking over the world. So, you know, maybe maybe this could be the wave of the future. You go in the grocery store and just pick up some oranges and walk on out of there. And, you know, everything's all good. So, Well, the, there has to be some people around because, you know, how would they do things like regulate liquor sales and stuff? I mean, there has to be no, some. No, there will be people. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be some human interaction. So like Apple it's completely Pay. devoid. Remember when they had before Apple Pay? Remember they had that device where it's like you, it was like a keychain, and you go to the gas station, and you just tap it on the thing. Oh, and it that's right, no. Like that kind of thing. I would assume it's like like there you still they still ring you up for the items you picked up, then you tap it and it's verified, and then you can leave. As opposed to like the other thing where you have to use money and I don't know. I don't know how a different. I now I'm gonna have to look this up. I wish I had known beforehand so I could come in with the information and be like, bam, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the point of this, this uh, to, to have everybody on their toes. So, all right. So, um, Jen, hit us with your story. Okay. So, my story is uh, it was a, a tech article that talked about this idea that Uber is floating around. It, 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 I mean, I don't know if it's specifically just an Uber kind of idea, but here's what it is it's a human Uber. So, you put a person, you pay a person to basically be you while you are sitting in your home. You oh send them God. out, you, do, you have them do your errands, you have them interact with the people that you need to interact with them that day. And, it, and the way that you interact yourself is with sort of like a, a, a video GoPro kind of thing set up on them so that you are still sort of leading the interactions but the other person is out there doing it for you. Wow. That is okay. bomb. See, okay, I've heard of both of these things, right? I heard of the Amazon thing, but I, I, don't, I didn't research it. But this, this I posted on my Facebook when she's talking. I said immediately, this is what lazy people have been waiting for our entire <laughs> lives. I was born for this invention, okay? This, it was basically, the picture was like a guy walking around with a basically an iPad strapped to his head head not it didn't look ridiculous it, i mean it looked ridiculous but it wasn't like a duct tape or anything it was like a real mechanism on his head and it's someone else's face and basically through like an like an like a video chat they're there I, I would love that are you kidding me not having to do my like dressing up and going out into the cold and paying for an uber to go here i could just have this guy or this girl i guess i would pick the girl option <laughs> <laughs> i'd be there without having to be there i would i would go every, i would go to everything i'm ever invited to ever in history. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what for guys i mean when your woman wants to go see the notebook right can't you just send your your uber uh <laughs> your uber doppelganger right. or whatever like, you know. I would have to send mine too because I well no because you'd have to be there, you'd still be there, you'd still be yep, there, you're and still there, still have to deal with it. You're there, you're just not your body is not, but you're still there having to listen and interact. So mm. I would I would because if that was the case, I would send my doppelganger because I don't want to see it either. <laughs> oh, we're good then. <laughs> I don't want to see the notebook. Hey, we're good then. I like it though. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it's it's got some real world interesting ideas behind it because that when you think about it, like especially for people that suffer from like anxiety, you, you could it, this could change people's lives 
that kind of stuff is sort of like, you know, you're thinking into it a little bit more. But really, there's some pretty amazing ideas behind that. And it gets rid of the idea of sort of like, you know, the stabby robot that goes crazy because it's an actual person. So you're Actually, telling the person what to do. Jen, you know what? Actually, I watch um, I watch those uh, real estate shows. Um, what is it called? On Bravo. Um Million Dollar Listings. And oh, in Million yeah. Dollar Listings, there was an episode, it was the last year or the year before, I can't keep up, you know, whatever. They're the same to me. 2016 and 17 are the same year, in my opinion, because uh, they happen so fast. But there was an episode where one of the realtors couldn't be there, and so they were on this, like, robot. It wasn't a robot that's walking around, so it didn't have, like, arms and legs. It was basically, like, almost like a pole with wheels at the bottom, and there's an iPad, stra- like, on it, and it... And, it, it moves around like you control it I would like I'm controlling it from where I'm at so I know where to turn and it's basically giving the tour to the person without having to literally be in the apartment so um, I, I I could see that being useful in many ways like this this uber uber person <laughs> coming in and being it, it has the same effect where it could do a lot of good like you know I could appreciate how much help it could be you could be yeah. in multiple places at once. Oh, I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. I love it. If I ever, if, if for I ever... people that love to procrastinate and ah. me, uh, it, you know, it could, it could change the game for you. If I ever have to go to prison, who do you think I'm sending? <laughs> I'm planning on at least five things right now, I'm sure. I don't, I don't even, you know, I'm sure of it. Hey, man. That's what's up. I love it. Okay. But yeah, I like it. I, I post it about this i was like this is this is what us lazy people have been waiting for right here (laughs) all right so the next one um i have um we're gonna play a game called over or under and basically this in this version of over or under we're gonna do male actors uh ages so i'm gonna give an age for an actor and you tell me is it higher than the age that i'm giving or is it lower okay Okay. All right. So the first actor we're going to start off with is Liam Neeson. We know him from Taken and other movies. Um, I'm going to say, is Liam Neeson over or under 64 years old? We'll start off with you, Jen. I feel like I should know this. I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's over. Okay. And what about you, Nikki? I'm going to say under, but not by much, I feel. Okay. And you guys keep your own scores. <laughs> uh, Liam Neeson is actually over six, the age of 64. He is 65 years old. So you're uh, somewhat, you were close. Um, he's 65. He was born June 7th, uh, 1952. Yeah, 1952. <laughs> so Wow. Okay, so I'm going to be judging each person by their uh, signs, by the way. That's going to get annoying, but it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's go on to Harrison Ford. Uh, Harrison Ford, uh, we know him as Han Solo and in Indiana Jones and all that good stuff. Um, we're going to say Harrison Ford is possibly 76. Is it over or under? We'll start off with you, Nikki. Over. Okay. And what about you? Mm. Okay, wait, how old? Boy, it's making me do some math now. <clears throat> Star Wars, I'm going to say he's under or just at the line, but I'm going to say he's under. Under? 
You're correct again. Um, he is 75 years old. He was born July. See, but you're making them so close that it's making it hard because I feel like if I either way, I don't feel like they're over or under. I feel like they're like either just one year younger or just if one I, year If older. I said like, 80, hey, if I said 80, each of them. If I said 80, you'd be like, oh, he's not no 80. <laughs> not really. I mean, he could, I mean, he could be 80. <laughs> he he was born uh, July 13th, 1942. Uh, Can we get some none? Nah, he's a cancer. Wow. He's all right. Mm-hmm. He's a cancer. Right. So the, the next actor we're going to talk about is Ewan McGregor. We know him from, once again, Star Wars and, and Train Spotting and all those great movies that he's been in. All right. Is he over or under 42 years old? We'll start off with you, Jen. You. I think he's. Boy, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm going to say he's over. Okay. No, no. Actually, I'm going to say he's under. going to okay. say he's under. And what about. How old did you say he was? I said over or under 42 years old. Um, uh, over. All right, Nikki, you're on the board. Uh, Ewan McGregor yeah, is 46 years old. He was born March 31st, 1971. Ooh, Pisces. Can you believe uh, Ewan McGregor? He looks I, I, good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I didn't think he was uh, that old. So, I mean, it's not like he's like 90 or nothing, but I mean, I'm a, I, I think of him as the train spotting guy, I guess. All right, so we're going to go across the pond with this one. Uh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, is he over or under 51 years old? We'll start off with you, Nikki. Uh, 51, you say? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's over, I feel like. I, I don't think he's in his 40s. Unless he's 50, then it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say over. I'm sticking with over. Okay. And what about you, Jen? Yeah, I think he's over, too. All right, you are both correct. He is 57 years old. He's almost 60. He was born September. He's been doing movies a long time. (laughs) A long time. I've seen basically every movie he's in except for those. uh, What's the one with, um, what's her face? The Swinney face one? Bridget Jones Diary. Bridget Jones Diary. Yeah, he was born um, September 9th, 1960. All right. So this next one, uh, um, this is one of our favorite actors. He's played God. Um, he's been the president <laughs> of the United States. You know what I'm talking about, Morgan Freeman. Um, is he over or under 77 years old? So we'll start off with, uh, who is it? Uh, I guess it goes to Nikki first. I feel like he's been 60 for like 100 years. <laughs> no one knows how old Morgan He has no age. Trick <laughs> <Per> question. <laughs> <laughs> is he, no, oh, how old did you say? 70? 77. Is he over or under? I'll say over. over. <laughs> but I genuinely don't think he has an age. He's a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Jen? Uh, seven. You said 77? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I think he's under 77. Okay. And Nikki gets it. I think that's even now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was born one another June baby, uh, June first, nineteen thirty seven. He's eighty oh years old. He's eighty. How years old? old? He's eighty years old. Yeah. Man. Okay. So, but he's looked the same for so long. For the last forty years, he's looked the same. <laughs> All right. So we we have um, we have two people who play James Bond. The last two James Bonds. So we'll start off with Piers Brosnan. Um, uh, I believe he's Irish, right? P- 
Pierce Brosnan, right? Um, is he over or under the age of 62? So we'll start off with you, Jen. Mm, that's a, man, he's hard. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, yeah, boy, that, that is hard. Okay, wait, how old did you say? Um, 62. Is he over or under? <clears throat> I think he's got to be a little bit older than that. I'm going to say he's older. Okay, and what about you, Nikki? I'm going to say under. <laughs> mm. I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think he's that much old. Like older than that, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's over it. Maybe under. Like just a little bit. Okay. Well, he is actually sixty-four years old. So that goes to a gym. Uh, uh, he was born May sixteenth, nineteen fifty-three. You know, so. the last picture I saw of Pierce Brosnan, he was definitely showing some pretty heavy gray. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, he's pretty up there. All right, so let's go to the current James Bond, um, Daniel Craig. Is he oh, over or under forty six years old? So we'll start off with, uh, I believe it's uh, Nikki, right? First, yeah. I think he's over. He look, he's he's got a meaner face. Like he he looks like a villain, but he's playing the good guy. Thank you. Yes, but I he feel does. like when you look like a villain, you're usually older. Like he looks, he's got that older face. But you agree, right? He's got a villain face. Yes, I mean, I said that the first time they announced him. I'm like, you sure he ain't the villain? He's James Bond. Like he's gonna turn around and, and and be like, you know, he's gonna turn around and be the bad guy, low key. Right. So to rip up his mask. <laughs> so you say he's over forty six. Yeah. Okay, and uh, what about you, Jen? So I actually know the answer to this because I did an article about him <laughs> um, in the last James Bond. I was so impressed and hyped by what he was able to do physically. Uh-huh. So I know that he is actually 49. That is uh, correct. So you guys yeah. are both right. He was yeah, born... I- I like that too. I think I read about him, but I don't remember the exact age. But I knew he was older because everybody was like, "How the hell?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was impressive. Uh, it was and impressive. he was born March second, nineteen sixty-eight. And the last one, uh, we'll talk about Will Smith. Will Smith is he over or under forty-eight years old? Over. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely over. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are both correct. He was born September 25th, 1968. He's the same age as Daniel Craig, 49, but he looks a lot younger than Daniel Craig. <laughs> okay. So uh, I believe um, I believe you edged out Nikki with one out of one, right? Yeah, six to five. Yeah, I've been keeping score at six to five, Jen. So, yeah. so this, is like, uh, this is like whose line is it anyway where the points don't matter? But uh, no, yeah, no, you get a um, get them anyway. You get a, a gift card to Amazon Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and walk in there and just take out whatever you want. <laughs> I am totally going to overspend that card just to see what happens. Yeah, I would say you have to like deliberately try to de- de- debauch your whole experience so that we'll know. <laughs> All right, so you had one more uh, news story, right? <clears throat> oh, uh, yeah, my. Um, my news story was the uh, the the idea of the video game Olympics. <laughs> and, and I know, right? Everybody that I tell this story actually laughs at it, but they are dead serious. In fact, they have gone. Japan has gone the extraordinary step of getting manufacturers uh, to sign off on copyright waivers so that they can use the video games in the video game Olympics. 
I love it. It's, I'm not surprised by this. I have a lot of gamer friends. <laughs> you can get a literal scholarship into for school, for college, by playing video games. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I, I know a lot about these things. I'm not surprised. So here's what I want to know, okay? What uh-huh. I want to know is, so you could technically go to the Winter Olympics and get a gold in skiing, okay? Downhill slalom, let's say. And then you could go to the video game portion of the Olympics and win another gold in the downhill slalom. You just did it virtually. Uh, there's some, um, that's some pretty amazing, when you think about it, that's some pretty, we, we have incorporated technology. It actually goes right alongside that story about the human Uber. We have incorporated some amazing technology into our lives. And, and it, it's not even that it's intrusive. It's just that it just so perfectly augments what we're doing. I, I love it. I think it's actually pretty amazing. I want to know who's going to win the gold for God of War. Oh, God man. I, you know what? I don't know if I would have won the gold for it, but I definitely would have got the plastic. That's for sure. I, that's the only game I currently own in my home at the moment. I love God of War. Yeah. You know who the voice of Kratos is? I forget. It, it's um the guy from um Living Single, uh the one that was oh, yes, yes, yes. Not the bald um, guy, the other guy with the dreadlocks or the twisties. No, I Kyle. Kyle, yes. He's the voice. Yeah. No, I have all of them. I have a collection of just them. I don't have anything else. I literally have nothing else. <laughs> just God of War games. Love God of War. You know what else I really love is um uh they ha- uh Red Dead Redemption was really ah! good and I know that um at the oh, end of yeah. this year. Top five, At the end one of the year, top five. The second greats. one's supposed to come out. That's one of the top five greatest games of all time. Love it. Absolutely. When I mention it, guys are like, "Oh my god, I love you, marry me." <laughs> oh man, I love <laughs> it. it. It's great. Yeah, they're like, you it's know crack. about that? I'm like, of course. I spent my entire summer messing with that. Like, I didn't even go outside. It's correct. Although we are, we are, we are the people. Well, I am the people that bought a PS4 so that I could get Netflix on my TV. Oh, no, no. Uh, currently, but... that's exactly <laughs> what it's used for. At the moment, it's used currently for those things. That and my Google, my Chromecast. They're just for watching television. But, but because I don't have a life if I play video games, I don't do, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't have made this show. I wouldn't have gone to work today. I wouldn't have gone grocery shopping last night. I would, I'd be hungry. I'd be ordering and not paying attention. I wouldn't want to leave to get the door. Like, I, I don't have a life when I'm playing video games. So I have to. But you know what, though, the the cool thing about this story? When the Last of Us comes out, then that's how I am. The Last of Us, I can play that until like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. You know what's so great, though, about this story is, so your boyfriend or your girlfriend walks in on you playing video games, and you just tell them, I'm training for the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like, I'm not doing nothing. I'm I'm trying to get a goal, baby. (laughs) That's a beautiful meme right there. It's a meme waiting to happen. (laughs) I want to welcome back to the show, uh, Princess Coco. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So we, we have one one more story, and then we'll get to our main topic. Uh, I wanted to get this in. At first, I was going to just save it for next week, but I might as well get it in real quick because uh, I thought it was really, uh, really interesting. Um, okay. So this one, and, you know, this is an animal-centric show uh, uh, this week. Um, okay. So we got well, this story goes to Sri Lanka. Okay, police Whoa, officers. My best friends from there. 
Oh, but maybe they, your best friend might know about this story. Police officers were charged by elephants while stalking, uh, staking out a, sus, uh, a suspected cannabis farm. Um, the policeman had been camping outside of a plantation in Sri Lanka in hope of catching an alleged marijuana grower. But the police officers were forced to run for their lives as animals hurtled uh, towards them. Uh, the, these elephants hur- hurtled towards them. Police are now searching for the uh, T-56 automatic assault rifle in the uh, in the nature reserve. Uh, in a statement, the police says the constables dropped their weapons and fled to <laughs> save their lives while the elephants charged. The incident comes as... Uh, as figures to show about 50 people are killed in wild elephant attacks a year in Sri Lanka. However, though, about 200 elephants are killed each year by farmers who claim the wild animals stray onto their lands and destroy crops. So, um, what do you guys think about these, uh, these elephants, uh, helping the marijuana growers, uh, get away with it? I mean, I think that's, you know, it's freaking hilarious. That uh, these elephants uh, stop the stop the police. Well, you know, animals. I mean, not animals. Uh, elephants adore people. They they the way that we feel about like puppies and kittens, they feel about us. I read that recently that that elephants adore humans in the same way mm. that we adore little cute puppies and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised that they were protective. You know, I'm gonna make a, a PowerPoint. <laughs> uh, a PowerPoint uh, a thing, so I I can get uh, Jen to let me uh, get an elephant. Yeah. I, I was just going to actually interject the very same thing. If my kids come to me and ask me for an elephant, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Jen, can can we get a pig? <laughs> oh wait, the mice and elephant can't mix though, so you got an out. <laughs> if you say no to a pig, I then have to say to you that pigs are the most sympathetic animal in the world. When other when other people when other things anything around them is sad, or upset or sick, they they're basically empaths. They feel that same. They feel really sad and really upset, and they 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 they're like the most sympathetic animal in the world. Pigs. You think not? You don't think that way. Like they're cute when they're babies, and then they get big and gross, and they're all dirty. But they're really really like their hearts are amazing. So I want a pig. Can we get a pig? You can get a pig. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, the way that I would look at a pig is, hey, you know what? That's future bacon. Oh, oh my god, bacon. <laughs> and bacon. I eat bacon, but I, I, I am a true American, out of sight, out of mind. So a pet pig and a, the pig that I eat are they're not the same for some reason in my mind. I separate them so that I can cope with the fact that I can eat it, but also adore it at the same time. Yeah, honestly, I say that, but there's no way that I'd be. Like, I can't even. I can't yeah. even kill. I couldn't raise in my a pig. Own house, so yeah, yeah, I couldn't raise a pig and then eat him. There's wait no a minute. If it's, a baby, if it's after the apocalypse, him, if it's after the apocalypse, cute. you might think differently because food might be scarce. <laughs> so you might be like, "Come here, piggy." <laughs> you know, yeah, th- this would all work if I hadn't read Charlotte's Web as a child. <laughs> but I read Charlotte's Web, and there's just no way. No. Yeah, uh, I don't know. they're so cute when they're babies. I don't know if you'll They're be a vegetarian cute. after the world comes there, to an end. There are so many things that I want to know about that story, though. I mean, I want to know, were the elephants charging because they thought that they owned the cannabis? <laughs> I mean, like, are we? were they eating it? And they were like, <laughs> get away from my food. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so, because people stoners usually share. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> hilarious, hilarious. All right, so let's get to our main topic tonight, and we're going to be doing our own list of the top five uh, TV shows that that ran last year. So now these are not shows that began in 2017, but these are shows that showed in 2017. So um, the way that we love to do this is we start off with everyone's f- number five, and then we work our way up the list. So so it'll start off with Jen saying her what her number five is on our list. Then we'll go to Nikki and Coco, then me, and then just work our way up. So um, we'll start off with you, Jen. What was number five on your list and why? Okay, number five for me is a show that actually just ended, but technically it began in 2017, called Damnation. Mm. It's uh, I, I, It probably wasn't seen by a lot of people. Apparently USA canceled it. It's on Netflix right now. <clears throat> it is the story of the 1920s slash 30s. It really happens in the 30s, but start began in the 20s. Um, of this thing called the strike breaker movement where they had it's sort of the beginnings of how we organized labor in this country and so a lot of people that saw it said oh you know it kind of feels like homework but I'll tell you the some of the performances were just over the top and do you guys know who Tony Tost is Tony Tost that's a a showrunner um what the heck was the name of that western um oh (laughs) Can I phone uh, my friend? My dad would know. He loves westerns. <laughs> he, he, Tony Tost is actually, he's been around for a while. Um, what a great he, name, by the way. What's that? What a great name. He, he, he's, he, he's, he's always sort of been in... Uh, oh, yeah, westerns. I know this guy, yeah. And Damnation had this, had this western style to it, which was... It, 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 the, this is this was what I said about it to my friends, right? It's kind of like if you took present day events and you switched them up and you gave them a 1920s, 1930s theme that was still historic, but it's amazing how relevant it is today. They talk about wages. They talk about, you know, uh, the cost of things. They talk about the markets. They talk about... And somehow it all gets... Timeless issues. Rolled up. Yeah, timeless yeah. issues, right. I mean, it felt like Robin Hood sort of in reverse. Um, and But it gets all rolled up in this superhuman drama. They had excellent female characters that were, you didn't, like we talked about before, you didn't even notice that they were quote-unquote female characters. They were just strong characters. characters. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed and blown away and really sad that USA canceled it. I have no idea what they were thinking. It was good. Yeah, he did. Uh, he was on uh, the writing staff for Longmire. There we go. That was the one. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry that I didn't remember that. Longmire is what oh, I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, that seems interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I never watched Damnation, but it looks pretty cool. Has anyone else seen it? No. no. Oh, okay, we've got to put, write that down. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm taking a note. I'm going to jot that down and, and watch it. It's short. You know, the season is, it's a pilot season, so it's not really long. But Ten episodes, it, maybe, yeah. You're, you, I, I, I promise it is worth the effort to watch it. All right. All right, so, uh, Nicole, what's number five on your list? Or Nikki. Um, Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, which, me or, or Nicole? Yeah, yeah. And Coco right. and, Coco Wait, and which, Nikki. Wait, who do you want? <laughs> no, uh, no uh, I'm Ni- Coco. I'm Coco. Nikki. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. So my number five is Legion. And I wasn't 
excited to watch Legion because I thought like I'm not interested in like the comic book stuff. Like I'll watch a couple here and there, so I wasn't into it. But I was forced, and I'm thankful because I did not expect it to be this intricate. It's not for your if you're a simp of simple mind, you cannot watch this show. This show is like if Inception was a show. You you cannot miss a second. Anything that you miss mm-hmm. becomes so vital to the next thing that's cu- occurring. Not even in a new episode, but it, within the the next scene. You know, everything is so vital to the last. And Aubrey Plaza, I did not expect this from her. Like she's, you know, is this kind of like funny, sarcastic, kooky, or really out of your mind character, which she's still playing, but she's playing it in a. It's different. She's so like someone said she's a genius i i'm starting to think she might be because in this show she's doing something that she's not done on any other other thing that she's been in i never thought i could see a performance like that from her she's really good and then dan stevens is playing you know legion which is the main character and like it's really good like i was not expecting it like i said inception if you miss anything you're gonna have to go back it's one of those shows where you're gonna have to watch it again like go back and watch it again and you'll realize you missed a lot it's one of those. It's really good. Yeah, I heard and, a lot and, about it. It's a, it's based on a, a comic book, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What show was it? What show was it again? Legion. Legion. It's on FX, and they're they're gonna do. It's already been a. It was season one last year, and season two is already like they're shoot. They already got the promos out and stuff, so it's going. It's happening. Right. Write that down. All right. Yeah. yeah it's check very that good. Out. So, and, and, um, Legion is actually part of Marvel, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, and just as a quick side note about uh, the Tony Toast guy, I just followed him on Twitter, and uh, he's a Laker fan, so he's cool by my book. Uh, <laughs> next, yeah, he's he's awesome. <laughs> York good man, good man, good man. He's he sold me already. I'm gonna watch his show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Princess Coco, what's number five on your list? The Handmaid's Tale. All right, yeah, I've heard a lot about that. Good one. Yeah, I heard mm-hmm. a lot, a really lot good, really good show. Uh-huh. It, it it just kind of what really gravitated me towards the show is kind of like if people got in power that just really just went left with religion and started controlling and manipulating other people and making them do things at their will. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so creepy. <laughs> yeah, really good really good show. Alright. Hey, I've heard so much about it. I know people who've read the books and it seems like most people who've read the books are happy with the translation. That's what I yeah. get. What Which I get. is rare. <laughs> I, want I want to I, read the book. I, I am. I, as, as somebody who's read Margaret Atwood more in depth maybe even than most people, um, I, I was really impressed with this iteration of uh, of the telling. You know what was so funny about this, though? Most of my friends who don't like dystopian stuff really liked this. Because I think the, it hits so close to home with so much that it doesn't feel so off the mark. It feels like, um, it feels like yeah, okay, this is totally possible. It's universally attractive. That's what it is. Yep. It's, yeah, got it. I have to check it out. And I'm I'm really into like the creepy weird stuff. So it's a shock when I don't get to it, but it's just so much stuff on that I was just I haven't gotten to it yet, but it's definitely on the list. Now, now real talk, is it a show that a guy, 
you know, you know, such a macho man like myself. Is it a, is it a show that a guy like myself could enjoy, or is it like more of a, like chick TV? No, it's, it's, I, definitely not a chick, it's definitely not a chick. Oh, chick TV. I, I mean, I'm keeping think, it real. <laughs> Kinte, you know what? I think that the way that that they approach this is like uh, Nikki said. It's there are some universal truths going on here, which sort of supersede the. Is this all about feminism? Is it? All, it's not. It is. It it deals with a kind of uh, totalitarianism that that. Did you ever read the book Animal Farm? A long, yeah. long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it has sort of that Orwellian feel to it, while still remaining very true to characters. The other thing that is also really interesting, I thought about uh, *Handmaid's Tale*, is once again. There is some genius behind some of the shots. There are some people that clearly have a visual narrative going on in their mind while they're shooting this thing. And there are sweeping, awesome shots that, that happen that sort of give that clue you into things that maybe you wouldn't notice normally. So you don't need to read the books to understand what's going on. They're really good about filling you in. Um, and it's not I, the, the thing that people mostly say to me about why they haven't seen it is because they think it's all about feminism. That's a strong theme, but it really is not that. It's something far more, again, dystopian in uh, in regard. And it talks a lot about theology and uh, there's this whole sort of religious aspect to it. It I think you'd actually like it. Mm. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I might have to check it out. So uh, since okay. I'm gonna go on it's, your word, so it's very yeah. creepy because it's like, what would it take? How much would it take for our society now to go left like that? And you're like, mm-hmm. you know what? Be not much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very, it's it's very eerie. Just if if a certain set of people get in power, literally, you would you could be at the very brink of losing everything. Because literally, they, they go to work one day, and all of a sudden, the one when, when the boss says, okay, so all the women that are working here have to leave. they like, what are you talking about? Okay, you now are no longer eligible to work. You have no bank account. You have nothing. If anything, it's like, if you are fertile, you are now a um, handmaid where you are at, at somebody's beck and call to try to get pregnant. Oh, wow. <clears throat> it's creepy. It's that... so creepy. Wow. It, it, it has a, um, it has a, I don't know if you ever saw Children of Men, but it, it yes. has, it, there, there's some like sort of recurrent themes that happen within those type of dystopian models. And this, but Handmaiden's Tale does, I think, such an excellent job of telling the story because the characters are so strong. It's it's mm-hmm. rare, I think, in dystopian novels for, or in dystopian stories, for the characters to be so strong because generally it's the world that's so strong. But here, it's a little bit different than that. The world is the world, but the characters really carry the story. Yeah, well, yeah, that um, that idea of um, what you're talking about behind the show, I mean, I can totally see that happening in the very near future. So ladies, be ready. To be handmaids. <laughs> no. <laughs> there was an episode of this show called The Sliders. I don't know if you guys remember that. Where it was something like that, but it was the men, though, that uh, 
had to, uh, it was something where, you know, sliders, right? You go to a, it was a show where they kept going through these parallel, uh, oh, alternate, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was called alternate earth world. Right. Yeah. And, um, one where the guys, there were, there was some disease that happened where most of the men on this par- parallel earth had died. So all the men had, were put in breeding farms and they were made to breed the women. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, but is it just me, or does that just seem like that was somebody's male fantasy? I don't want to be in no breeding farm. I'm not a piece of meat. What isn't okay. What is it? Okay, hey. <laughs> that's no fantasy. Okay, I don't want to be in a breeding farm. Thank you. It's somebody's fantasy. That's I immediately hilarious. come to the, the the scene in Futurama where it's death by Snusu. Uh, that's, that's immediately comes into my head. <laughs> that's funny. All right, so my number five is a show that's uh, going into its last season. Uh, it's on FX. It's called The Americans. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen The Americans. It's a yeah. fantastic show. Stars oh, Matthew yeah. Reese and Carrie Russell. You may know her from Felicity. Um, I think Carrie Russell, for the longest, was like, the best woman on television as far as role wise, because her character is amazing. You know, she's strong, but not strong in a silly kind of way that sometimes I think they make some female characters overly strong where it's cartoonish. You know, she's so three dimensional, her character. Um, She's tough. She's, you know, uh, you know, she has a heart as well. And their relationship is really awesome between her and uh, the uh, Matthew Reese's character who plays her husband. The show's about two um, KGB spies who were tasked with going to America and living as Americans. And they have kids and, who are like teenagers, and the kids don't even know that they are um, their parents are Russian spies and they have to do these missions. And oh, it's, I've heard about this. I think it's shot here, right? It's it's shot in New York. It's like uh, in New York. I, I think it's, it was supposed to be in D.C., but it probably is shot in New York. Um, yeah, they're, they're shooting terrific. here, and and it's like it's like not it's not like current. It's like during like the about, 80s. Um, Reagan, right? Yeah, it, I've heard about it. It's amazing. It. Every season is better than the last, and the um the cool thing about this show unfortunately it's going to be in this last season i mean one of the the, the things is that the two main characters uh carrie russell was married to another man and there's a little drama behind the scenes she actually left her husband for her co-star and now they're in a relationship together so didn't they learn anything from angelina and brad <laughs> come on yeah so yeah they did a uh, mr and mrs smith <laughs> basically uh so uh but you know they have great chemistry they have, you know, amazing chemistry on the show, uh, maybe because they're really getting it in. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they're not acting. You know what? But, but on that topic about those kinds of things, it's like when you work with somebody and you connect on that level, I worry if after that, if let's say once the show is done and we're no longer talking about it, it's not a com- conversation anymore, can they still ha- hold the connection? That's the fear. Can yeah. you still have the same connection? Because when you're working on something together and it's your, it's both of yours, you know, prized possession at the moment. And then, like, once it's over, can we still say, I'm so interested in this person because, oh, my gosh, we connect on this level. Do they connect without the show? That's the fear. That's why you don't leave the husband. You leave the husband, but you don't leave them for the person. 
Because if you're falling for someone else, obviously you're not, your husband's not for you. So you leave the husband, but you don't leave the husband for the guy. You just leave the husband and say, okay, clearly I'm not in the, in the mindset of marriage. But, you know, I, I would be worried, like, after the show is done, like, oh, God, what do we do now? What like do you Jennifer mean? Lawrence and her director boyfriend, they broke up because she couldn't handle He was talking about it all the time. When you be worried? Mother, all the time. Wouldn't you be worried, though, if you got someone because they uh, left, you know, their... Fact, their... him too. Why would he want to be with someone who left to be, you know, you left your husband to be with me? Like, so the next no movie where, the next movie or TV show where you're, you know, have to get it in on in the movie or the TV show, you're going to be like, wait a minute. We yeah, know. what's this relationship? What's <laughs> right. going on? Where are you? What are you doing? You know, yeah, you get paranoid. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. a great show, though. All right, so... Uh, I'm interested. Jen, uh, what's your number four? <clears throat> well, uh, all of these phenomenal uh, people have created for me quite a quandary here because you've already done some of mine. So I'm going to go with my... I'm gonna. Well, this one is actually uh, one that's on my list, but I'm going to rearrange my list a little bit. So number four for me is Taboo. Mm. That was Tom Hardy. And, oh, yeah! Uh, forgot her name but um it it was it's a period piece mm-hmm. um it de- god it dealt with some crazy themes i mean it really dealt with some crazy themes it was so <laughs> upside down and uh emotionally volatile that one of my friends really got super triggered by it she just couldn't watch it anymore um but it, it was i mean it was just so good uh, the ups and downs were amazing i know that that actually got uh picked back up again for next year oh, for this okay. year so Okay, yeah, I wanted to check that out. Taboo. It, it looked really dark. Yeah, and you know Tom Hardy, fantastic actor. So, I well, the the name out. alone attracts me, so I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and he was so good. I mean, he, you know, I I loved Tom Hardy as sort of Mad Max because he didn't say very much. I know that I'm so shallow about this, but he didn't say very much, and it was just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, this is exactly. Shut just, up and look just pretty. Stay there and look pretty, right? Exactly. That's <laughs> so bad. But but it, that the, and the the feeling that I got by watching him truly sort of express the craft of acting on the screen through Taboo. I mean, creating that character was not an easy task. And I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. It it, it didn't. He, he's still gorgeous, and he's you know Tom Hardy is still Tom Hardy. But I, while I was watching it, never felt like I was actually watching Tom Hardy. I always felt like all the characters in that presentation were one hundred percent authentic to who they were. And as a period piece, that it, that can be really tricky. It says he's one of the writers on it too. I'm looking it up. It says Tom Hardy is one of the writers of the show, so he's writing. Yeah. that's yeah. great. That's awesome. It's on FX. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't even. I've seen. I think the name Taboo, but I didn't. Is it on Netflix already? I don't actually. think, I think it's it might on have Netflix. just come on it because I I could have I saw a show like literally just maybe like this week. I maybe maybe they have their own show called Taboo, but um, I've definitely seen the word Taboo <laughs> recently. Yeah. Taboo and uh, and Legion were happening fairly close to the same time, and because they were both on FX, I feel like people who were really super excited about Legion may not have seen Taboo, um, just because th- there was so much more hype about Legion than there was for Taboo. But it, but yeah, yeah, I definitely highly recommend it. It sits really solid at number four for me. Only because we're living in the comic book era right now; like everything is about comic books. 
That's right. <laughs> That's so true. And, and I just want to say, Netflix, shame on you for what you did to Iron Fist. Shame ooh, on you. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Sad. Rip. Rip. All right. So, Nikki, what's your number four? Um, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Nice. Okay. I love it. I First of all, I'm a, like a technology like lover, like since birth. And I love the way Black Mirror does these super creative um, vilification of technology episodes. Like every episode is contained within itself, so you don't need to keep up. You can watch it in whatever order you want. But they're just so good and so interesting. My favorite episode is the one, I forget what it's called. But it's not the one that everyone else loved, the the San Juniper one. I think, to me, that's the worst episode because it's, like, boring. But I love the one where they're basically – your entire life is based on how many stars you have, so likes, basically. It's so good. She winds up, like, completely losing her mind trying to keep up with the popularity contest and the likes and the clicks and the stars and the comments. And it's just such a good show. There's so many episodes that are just things you wouldn't ever think of. And then the new season that just came out um, is so good. Oh, I'm so excited. I love this show. I hope it never ends. It's one of my favorites. If you like sci-fi, horror, like um, fantasy, that kind of stuff, you, you love Black Mirror 100%. Well, you would do really well in that in that world because you get a lot of likes and uh, and all of that. So. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but I, but I'm not. I don't. It doesn't consume me. Like it just it just is a happen thing. It's like it happens sake. But it's not like I do things for likes. They're like literally like doing the most because even like imagine you live in a world where the type of car you rent is based on how popular you are on social media. That's how crazy this world is. You, she, she lost some of her following, some of her stars. It's a five-star system, I believe, and she was down to like a two. And they were like, "Sorry, you're not eligible for that kind of car." Like she had to get the old model. I'd, like I'd be, I'd be rolling in a gremlin then. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, no, they're all like hybrid electric cars, so they plug uh. in. Right, and so but mine would be so bad though. It and would she be... doesn't have the plug because no one carries this plug anymore. So now her car is broken down, and she's trying to get to this wedding that's full of fours, and the fours are gonna up her score because they're gonna love her speech so much. And it's just hell. Okay, it's crazy, yeah. amazing. And then like Black Museum, very good episode. The last, the last episode of the most recent season, just, just good stuff. If you haven't watched any of it yet. I recommend, and if you look, if you notice, there's some stars that you like. The guy, the Daniel the actor in Get Out is in an episode. Daniel Kaluuya? Is that how you say his name? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I it's Daniel. Daniel K. He's in uh, in the new Black Panther movie as well. Right, and so he, he was in an episode prior to, because it's a British show. Right. And so uh, the, he's a British actor, and so so is the, uh, what's the other girl from Chewing Gum? She's in the new season. Um, she's in she's in that episode that I was talking about as well. So she's made her second appearance now, but it's such a good show. There's so many good episodes. There's the, the in the new season. There's an uh, um an episode where you implant a chip into your child's head, and so you can see what she sees. And you know it's basically meant for you not to ever lose your child again because she lost her daughter. She couldn't find her. She freaked out. She got signed up for this program. She could watch whatever she wanted. You know when when her daughter was walking around, she could see everything her daughter saw. And it had this thing where you could censor, you could censor what she saw. So if if it, if it triggered uh, a certain feeling in her brain, the thing that would make her afraid or fearful or scared or whatever would like become like pixelated in real time. So. It wind up making her very um, 
she she didn't she had trouble like differentiating between what was too much and what wasn't and basically beat her mother almost to death <laughs> but it's so mm. good it's very violent and good and and if you like that kind of thing you'll oh it's love a family it. show huh it's a family it's a show it's a family show it it is. You mm. could watch it with your family if your family happens to contain mm. only teenagers. <laughs> I thought you going to say if your family's the Manson family, uh, no. he'd watch the show. I don't think he would even allow them to know about that because then they'd be too woke. You know, Manson wanted you to be like the least woke you could ever be. That's true. Notes TV. That is true. You know, that goes right. to show you how much I am interested in this kind of genre. All right, Nicole. I'm sorry, Coco. <laughs> Coco. Yes. All right, you're number four. Okay, my number four is Mind Hunters. Hey. Oh my God. Best friend. My <laughs> number brain. four is Mind Hunters. Uh, I, I heard about it just in passing. So I checked it out on um, Amazon, I believe. And do this show, and it, hit, and it hits close to home because I live in Kansas. Mm. So. They always keep coming back to Kansas as far as uh, the BTK killer. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a backdrop for the story because they're going to delve into his storyline. So it's like, yeah, we're going to Kansas and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, coming here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. It's about, I believe it's the CIA when they first started the whole investigation into delving into serial killers. Yeah, and how, how, how the mind work, whether they're organized or very just for the moment type of um, sporadic killers. And uh, yeah, at first the CIA was against it because it's like, you know, we're we're too classy and we're too um, bougie to, you know, interview serial killers. We need to figure this out on our own. But one guy went on on his own to investigate and interview them. And they started developing patterns of how they oh. operate. Oh, so freaking cool. Listen, those interviews moments with Edmund Kemper, oh my God. Oh my God. It's shot so well. I keep talking about it. This that's I yeah. just need you to know that's that's my number one. So I, I'm just gonna say that now because I'm sorry for giving it away, but you've already talked about it now, so it's my number one. <laughs> because it's the best thing I've seen all of last year. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing show. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know the one of the things that's so cool about Mindhunter also <clears throat> is one of the things that was so cool about Hannibal, and that is that they never treat the subject of, uh, of violence as if it was sort of removed from itself. It, and that is sort of how they come up with the uh, behavioral profile altogether. It's, it, it's such a connected series of events, and they do right. such a good job of making sure that you understand how those connections got made. Which is rare because yes, most, Jen. yeah, most of them, most, like if you watch CSI or if you watch, uh, even if you watch Criminal Minds, you don't always sort of see those connections and they do a great job of helping you understand it. So I, I, when I you were explaining about, about Hannibal, that's what I was referring to. It was, it was Mindhunters because that's how I feel about it. Like that relation. Yeah. Oh man, yep. shot well, amazing. Everything is on point. I'm super excited, even though it doesn't come out. Until like the end of next year, I mean, I mean the end of this year, I'm just still like super. I cannot wait until season two. Oh, exactly, exactly. Oof. Remember, mm-hmm. remember that finale? 
Uh, <laughs> I was just like, I keep like it brings such joy in me to talk about this show because no one else, I, I don't know other people who have seen it, and I'm like telling everyone they need to watch it. <laughs> I told Kente, I said, hey, maybe we'll do a Mind Hunters uh, podcast. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll do Talking Mind Hunters. <laughs> oh I could talk mind hunter. I should be a mind hunter. That first of all, I'm already obsessed with serial killers, and and when it came out, I didn't know that's what it was about. I kept seeing it on a Netflix thing, right? They kept p- pushing it, and I was like, I don't care. And then I I just hovered over it, and it started, and it had a picture of Charles Manson, and so I was like, wait a minute, what is this show about? So I started reading the description. I was like, what? I'm on it, and I watched it, and I watched it. The whole one day, it was one day. I didn't know spreading it out. I watched the whole season in one day, and I was like, "This show is the best show I've seen in a while." Mm-hmm. All right, I'm so definitely my number one. No question, that was the first one on my list. I didn't even have to think about what was my number one. I knew that was it. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for see. It takes two Nicoles. It takes. Two I know, five. right? Double Nikki, Nikki Square, Nikki Square. Nikki Square. <laughs> All right, here you go. So number four on my list, uh, which could have really easily been higher on my list. Uh, I really struggled, um, but I love this show so much. And I know a lot of people didn't watch it. It was probably too slow for them or whatever. Is uh, the HBO show The Leftovers. I <gasps> love. I absolutely love this show. And the final season was awesome and uh i just love this show if you don't know what the leftovers is about it's based on a book where um i think it's uh 30 percent of the earth's population i think it's something like that 30 one day 30 percent of the earth's population just disappears and no one knows why and no there's no rhyme or reason to why they disappear and unlike most shows would be about you know they would be about, okay, some, you know, agent from, you know, one of the alphabet boys trying to figure out what happened or something like that, or some scientists or whatever. And it's not about that. The show is about how the world copes with this. So, which, you know, frustrates people because people are expecting, oh, you're going to find out what happened, right? You're going to find out, you know, exactly what it is. And they, you know, they throw some ideas out there. But, I mean, spoiler alert, they never really give you a set-in-stone thing, what happened. But to me, that's not the point. It's about the journey. And um, uh, Damon Lindelof, who was one of the co-creators of Lost, uh, did this uh, this series. It started Justin Thoreau, um, who's a fantastic actor. And he, this is, like, the best I've seen him in anything. I mean, the guy really, I mean, they dang near torture this guy. I mean, they do torture Charlie's him. Angels? Huh? <laughs> Better than Charlie's Angels? Much better than uh, Charlie's <laughs> Angels. Justin Thoreau, like, they literally waterboard him through the whole uh, show. Like, I mean, this guy, he really gets put through it, and he's really good. He's a fantastic actor, and um, everything. I, I mean, in the finale was amazing. I thought it was the perfect finale. And, um, you know, uh, it lasted for three seasons, and last year was its last season. And, it, and it's... Just a fantastic show. And it could have really been higher on my list. Um, but um, number four on my list is HBO's The Leftovers. So let's go to our number three on our, um, our list. And we're going to go back to you, Jen. Who's number three? Okay. <clears throat> Although I do want to just make one quick mention about The Leftovers. Uh-huh. <clears throat> that series had a total from 2014 on of something like 38 separate award nominations. 
I mean, th- that doesn't happen by accident. Right. That is how excellent the show is. Everything, best genre series was what it kept getting nominated for. I think it won once. I, I can't remember if it actually won that, but that was sort of the big one. But it, I mean, it had stuff about uh, from adaptation to uh, best score in a drama series. Like th- there was so much goodness in The Leftovers, not just from a story point of view, but also from a technical point of view. So I just wanted to and, point that and out. Ju- and just to let people know, it's, it's not a fast paced show. Um, no. It's what some people would call a slow burn, but it's yes. so good. I think the the one problem the show had was expectations based on other programs and when it didn't go down that path, which I thought made it great, you know, like, you know, something like the 4400 when, you know, the show that was, a, you know, it was a good show when people disappeared and came back and the whole show was about what happened. This show is not about that. And I think when people didn't get, oh, wait, we're not going to find out, you know, it's like, forget about that. Take out your head. It's, the, you know, just fo- follow the show for what it is. And it's a fantastic show. But uh, what's number uh, three on your list? Okay, so number three on my list actually was The Leftovers, but since you already took that, I'm going to no, go you, with I mean, Big Little Lies. Okay, I mean, like, if, I mean, we're going to What did you have... say, Pretty Little Lies? Is that the no, HBO big, show? Yeah, oh, big, big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Actually, I don't know. my honorable mention, so I'm, I'm, to- I'm totally good with going with that. I really wanted to place it super high, but I just had so much else that was on my list. So no, I'm I just totally always, the name is so similar. I just always say the wrong one, but I meant, yeah, Big Little That's the one with um, Nicole Kidman. Nick- Shailene Woodley and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. Partly, this was just sort of a perfect storm event. Um, It stands out by itself for just being excellent. It's sort of all on an island. But it was made even more... I think excellent from a uh, from a sociological standpoint, from a pop culture standpoint, because of the Me Too movement, because of the um, because of the action that is sort of taken by the narrative, which is incredibly empowering for women, but never sort of like looks down on men. It it really, I mean, it, it's such a fine, weird line to walk. And the thing that I think that I liked the, the most about Big Little Lies is that it has this kind of character-driven story that is so rare to see where you don't just have a, one compelling character. You have a chorus of compelling characters. And no story really rises above all the other stories in terms of how important they are. They all feel incredibly important. <clears throat> and when they meet in the middle, or I should say <coughs> where they meet in the middle, that becomes its own compelling drama. So the writers juggled so much narratively, and it just shows... Uh, there's a kind of love in that writing. The script was just absolutely on point. No spoken word in Big Little Lies felt like it was there by accident. It all felt punctuated with purpose. So Can I, that, that's my choice. I haven't seen that show, but the one thing that it has that uh, that um, you know is definitely worth checking out is that um, David E. Kelly, who's Back in the, I guess the two thousand, early two thousands and late nineties, was like a force. Everything, on television. yeah, he was mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ali McBeal, The Practice, Chicago Ho, Boston Public, Boston Legal, you know, uh, the The Practice, which was an amazing show. So, and he pins this one too. So, um, you know, that guy is just amazing. I've always thought 
if you gave David E. Kelly like an HBO show, like what would he do? You know, because like he's always network. And I think this is, you know, that was probably the the best platform for a guy who's. I know, right? Because you get to push it with HBO. You could basically do anything. It's like, yeah, uh, so good. Like, I just I think that anyone who's a great writer should have an opportunity to do at least a short film, something, you know, just something that just, you get to just push it. Because when you do just, like, network, you gotta, you have such limitations. And you can still really, obviously, do really good on network, but I want to push it. I want to hear the curse words. Emotion is made in, in, in cussing. I can't, I'm from New York, we cuss a lot, I cuss <laughs> a lot. It's very, it's, it's, it just, for me, you're not being honest about how you feel if you're not using language that may not be appropriate. And it not, it doesn't have to be necessarily like F and S and A and like those words, but there's just certain language that you say when you're angry that you can't necessarily say on network because it's too far, you know? So I think everybody should have a chance. Anyone who's like worthy of like, who's been winning awards and who's been looked at and who's being like in like, everybody's like, Oh my God, this person, like I would like to see Ryan Murphy do an HBO. Mm, I would love to see that. I would love to see what he would do with that. Like you would, like you said, what would he do with that? Yeah. So he's great. Yeah. That, actually, yeah, that Sutter too. Kurt Sutter. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. He needs one on HBO. Yeah. He needs one on pay TV. All right. So that's an, uh, another good one. Uh, so Nikki, uh, what's your number three? My number three is House of Cards. I was so late to the game on this because I tried to watch it. And when it first came out and in the beginning where he, he, you know, spoiler alert, he kills the dog. I said, no, I'm done. (gasps) No, no, no. I said, no, 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 I'm done. I can't do this. This isn't going to work for me. And then when I when I when I pushed past it last summer. Oh, my God. And I'm so sad. And I, this is going to be a, a joke that, like, it's very, it depends on who's <laughs> listening and who's. But I, I when know. he was accused recently, I was like, listen, can we just, like, just not fire him? Because I feel <laughs> like I love this show so much. It, 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 it can't. I can't have. I know it's bad. And I can we could just lock him in a room by himself. <laughs> During the time where they're filming, so and then when he films, it's the only time he interacts with people. If we could just keep a complete eye on him, just so we can just get through, that would just be ideal. Because there's no, if there's like a, a work arrest, you know, there's house arrest. If we could get him on work arrest, that would be great. Because I love this show so much. He's so bad, and it's so good, and it's so relevant to the politics that it, it's almost like someone who works in the White House is writing this story. Because there's no way. <laughs> That they could be this on point, and it's ahead of it, right? It's coming out ahead of it. So the news, the the show is coming out with things, and then and then a year later in the news, you're seeing exactly what just happened in the show last season, and you're like, well, how did the show happen first, and then this? I can understand if it was the other way, but it's, it's like who Illuminati. was having this inside look? Who knows? The meeting with the the president of Russia and the show and the secrets and the and the, and the secret room and they're talking. It's just crazy. It's Illuminati. It's Illuminati it's so TV. Much. That's what it is. <laughs> and then the bisexuality that they play with in the show and the and the and the open the open relationship, the polyamory that they're almost expressing. It's very interesting. Oh well, my god, well, so good. The dog part. He did that out of uh, he did that out of uh, mercy though. No, he didn't. Yeah, the he's dog been was wanting, dead. He's one of those. He did it. 
It was. It's not. But mercy out of this is the thing, right? Mercy out of you and I is mercy. Mercy out of him is just like let's shut this dog up, you know. <laughs> That's the difference. I took it's it like, as. Hey, I took like, it as. No mercy one's gonna want to take care of you. Let's just kill you. You I, know. I, I, no I took it. Take I took it as a mercy killing. Move. Me personally, huh? I took it as a mercy killing. But it it was intended that way. But I mean. I mean, how did he know the dog was to die? He's not a deer on the road. He's a dog. What if they would have taken him and he would have been fine? I, I love how he does like all this heinous shit throughout the show, but that's like the worst thing he's done. That was the, the first thing. That was the first thing that I. And the, it happens very early, like soon as this episode starts, like the like literally the first scene. Right. So that's all it took for me. I didn't even get through the episode. Well, I, I, that happened. and I was done. But I love this. You show. must have hated John I'm Wick. <laughs> I'm sorry. You must have hated John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> You hated John Wick, Fruitville Station. Uh, I could go down the list of dogs. Oh man, that's just that one's the opening scene. It's like a dog uh, is dead or whatever. No, but that's that whole thing is rough. That whole thing is really hard to watch, but um, especially being a true story. But Mm -hmm. I think. you know, but like I said, like I'm really sad. I know that they've said that they're gonna let the wife be the main character in the last because it's already not gonna watch the last last season anyway. But they're gonna let her take the lead. But I don't. I don't know how they're gonna. They shot. They shot some scenes, I guess, to write him out. They did it the right way. They didn't just like kill him off and randomly you never see him again. They 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 rid rid him wrote, written him into like exiting his exit scenes and stuff. And so she's gonna take the lead. So, okay. Can I say something about about the um the showrunner of that show? That guy sure. is a. Uh, 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 psychic or something because he seems to be always ahead of stuff before it happens. Because that's what I'm saying. If you think about right? the last season, the last How season the was written in a way where he doesn't need to be back on the show. Like before all this happens, he's kind of written out of it already, where he's not the president and he's kind of gone away. It makes it really easy. It's almost like he knows what's going to happen before yeah, it happens. He almost dies, right? right? So there's that, and then he's not. He loses the job. And so it is easy to, it would have been easy to write him out at that moment. Yeah. So, and I say that he, um, I say that, uh, you know, that show uh, up until last season, it was always either one or two, uh, as far as I was concerned as the best show on television. Um, and I mean, it's still in my top 10 last season, but I didn't like it as much as I liked the other, excuse me, the other, um, uh, seasons, but it was still was really entertaining. So right, because once he loses the job, he loses the like power. It. And when he loses the power, that's what it was all about. It was gaining the power, right? Right. So all the other seasons are about getting to this place. And then once he gets to this place, and then he loses it, now it's like okay. And we're and you back know, an we're episode at. that was disappointing was when he goes to the Illuminati meeting. And I'm like, I was so excited about that when it, it opens up where he's at the uh, mm-hmm. the Bohemian Grove. And then, but it was boring. It was like, oh man, you what a great setting to put a show. And then it was boring. Like they didn't really go for it. So uh, that was no, disappointing. My, my the most disappointing part of the show was killing off uh, Rooney Mara, whatever her name is. Huh? What what's the girl that was? Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was great. When he throws her in front of the train, that was brilliant. I, the way that they positioned her in the show, you would have thought she would have been a main character throughout the entire thing. And then she's just gone, and you're like, what? I didn't see that. I thought, because she's such a, a strong character for a while, you know? You think uh-huh. she's going to be the one so to take shocking. him down, or they're going to partner up, or there's going to be something in the future for her. But then she dies, and it's like, what? But remember, though, I'll say this, and then we'll get to the next one, is 
that the show was only supposed to go on for two seasons. And um, I thought we said it was going to be five. No, 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 no. He was only two seasons. They shot the first two seasons back to back, and he because he he didn't want to commit for more than that. But he didn't realize how much he was going to love playing the character. How much of a hit it was going to be, huh? And he loved playing the character, so that's why because he is the character. (laughs) Yeah, he he is definitely the character. The character's bisexual, and he's you know doing all these messed up things to people, and doesn't Mm -hmm. have a heart. Yeah, basically him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. All right, so uh, Princess Coco, oh, I like saying it like that. What's your number three? My number three is Stranger Things. All right, Stranger- and I, you know, just as a, a, a sidebar, my number three is going to be Stranger Things too. So we can both talk about that together. But go ahead. Oh, um, what's up? Why did you put uh, Stranger Things as your number three? I love the nostalgia of the show. It has this like gooey feel to it, and I love how they have the chemistry uh, with the act with the younger actors. Normally, you don't find that type of uh, chemistry with younger actors. It's kind of like lightning in a bottle. And mm-hmm. I really haven't seen that type of chemistry since pretty much since Gooey. There may have been a couple movies here and there with that chemistry, but nothing that stands out like this in for so long. And the creativity behind the show. They have the heroine, a female heroine. Typically, it would have been a boy, um, but it's a girl this time, and she's saving her friends. And there's, I love the dynamic and the aspects of the show where it's a sci-fi and the gooey element. So I, I fell in love with the show. There was there's a, a certain type, well, a certain point in the, in the second season where they introduced. Uh, the other characters with powers, the older ones. I really didn't care for that part of the show. I hated it. Uh, but once it got back to the core element of the kids getting back together and them being able to be saved, I was just like, yeah, this, we're back. We're back. I, I hated that part, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really was indignant, but I, I understand the necessity behind it. it. It just, I don't think they meshed well as far as the older kids and with Eleven how it just seemed really odd. It was cornball. Yeah, and... and It was their biggest, probably... It was their biggest misstep, I think. Yeah, yeah. I haven't made it past episode two. You know what? I I think it had, like, that misstep. It was almost like seeing heroes go downhill. Right, but then they hey they bring it right back, though. The following week... I mean, well, not week, because of the show. Yeah. Um... If this was 2014, um, a show would have been high on my list, maybe one or two, was this show called Intruders. And the reason why, the only reason why I'm bringing this up is that was the first time I saw Millie Bobby Brown. Um, she, w- she was on this show. I don't know. Did anyone see Intruders? Um, no. Okay, Intruders, if, if it only lasted one season, but it only needed one season, I mean, to tell its story. Um, Intruders was this wonderful show. I can't even, I'm not going to even go into the plot. It's one of those things you just got to watch the, I think it's like eight episodes, eight episodes. And Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven on Stranger Things, was amazing. Like, and she was like nine, I think, at the time. And she plays like this kid who is inhabited by a serial killer. And she's like amazing. So when I saw her on Stranger Things, I was already aware of her. 
and I'm like, oh, this girl's good. Like I was telling who I was, I can't remember who I was watching it with. I was like, oh, this is, she's going to be good because she's so good on this show called Intruders and she's great. You know, I mean, you know, she's a really fantastic young actress on Stranger Things. She's a, she's very good. She's, I see that she's 13. She's from Spain. Oh, but she's British. Okay. Um, and, uh, but the show, uh, was number three on my list. Uh, the first season, I really had doubts that they were going to, uh, do another good season because it seemed like the first season was pretty, you could have ended it there, you know? Uh, I mean, you know, it was pretty, you know, beginning metal end, even though they had the little bit at the end, but I got to give the Duffer brothers credit because the second season is so good. I mean, it's very good and it's different enough. But the same, if that makes any sense, I know that sounds crazy. Um, and I just think that that uh, the show is just, you know, really good. You know, the uh, I love the the um, dialogue between the kids. I love the adults. Uh, David Harbour, who is the male lead of the show, the adult male lead. Um, you know, he's always played like assholes and everything else he plays in. And he's. Even though he's the good guy, he's still kind of an asshole, you know, in this, but he's really good. He's so believable. I'd never seen him play the good guy in anything until this. Um, if he did play the good guy in something, I don't remember. And then Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder, you know, has been good for a long time, you know, factual, factual, factual. And she was Angelina Jolie before Angelina Jolie and, um, old girl from, uh, Swan. Oh my God, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. She was yeah. Natalie Portman before Natalie Portman. You know, like she Her, was. The fa- my favorite movie she's ever done was The Crucible. The Crucible. To me, that's she my, was great. I, that's The Crucible. Heather's. Remember Heather's back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could go down the list. Like she's been great for a long time, and on Stranger Things, she's you know, amazing. You know, like she's so good on the show and it's almost I haven't been able to make it past episode two and it's not not obviously that's a pattern because uh-huh. i just said the same thing about um house of cards and like I, I i have to be in the mood so i have to fixate on that i have to be in the mood for like i am very like centered on that if i'm in the mood for comedy i have to watch comedy i can't watch like true crime if i'm in the mood for comedy so it just i have to get on that because it seems interesting it's just to me it was slow to start and so I have to really get into it. And I'm not writing it off yet, but I haven't been able oh, to it's, get it's like crack. yet. It's yeah. like, it's like crack. Luckily it's only on season two because I, I think I, I can't afford to be. And it's short seasons too. It's four only, seasons right now. <laughs> yeah. It's only like what? 17 episodes so far. So the f- the first season was eight and then what was the next one was nine. Um, but it's definitely worth it. You'll like it. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I've I'm never sure heard. Will. Yeah. I'm I've sure never heard of a person who watched the whole season and was like, this shit sucks. I've never heard of that person. Um, I'm aiming for that, but I probably won't. No, no, no. You, I'm sure I you. I want like to it. be the only one. No, 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 no. Don't, don't watch it with the. I'm gonna. I just want to hate. Watching it, it with the. I'm going to hate it, but I'm. I'm kidding, obviously. Oh, but yeah, yeah. but it I, I mean, be a there's enough. And then well, one thing I, I, I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna go to number two on our list is one thing I love as a black person that the black guy, the black kid on the show is just mm-hmm. a kid in the group. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He's just one of the kids in the he's group. He's not the black kid. He's right. Like, just, yeah, I get it. Like I, th- I, I saw that, yeah. Like, there's a line, you know, early on where somebody calls him Midnight or something like that. 
And then I was like, oh, here we go. But never again. That was just the one little thing. And um, I just like that, that he fits in with the group. He's, you know, he's a well-written character. He's complex and all of that stuff. And, you know, and the kid is great, too. The little the black kid who plays him. I can't. Uh, with, when it him. comes to the kids, I do like I whip, I agree with what Princess Coco was saying, because like the the, the dynamic between the children so far, I already like it. Right. Because in season episode two that I got to, she's just arriving. So they're just like, you know, hiding her at that time at that point. But I have already gotten a sense of the children's um, interaction with one another. And I like that. And it does remind me a lot of the Goonies, which I've seen a billion times. And then, um, and then I guess it. The kids on it, I loved them. Forget the it part of it, but just the kids alone were hilarious. Honestly, they were like such a good one team of them together. Was the kid is a kid from um, uh, Stranger Things? Uh, he's the the main kid on Stranger. Yeah, Things. they're they're yeah. such a he's such a good like he's good with others because they they work so well together like. It, they, I would watch them do anything, and they're children, but they're cursing though, so it's like, <laughs> it makes it less. It makes you feel like you don't have to like force to watch a kid show. It's like they're cursing. There's a lot going on, but it's so good. I like, I like that. And kudos like to him. His name is Finn Wolfhard, something like that. He um came out and said that his agent had tried to molest him or something to that effect. So kudos to him that he he had the courage to do that. And um, it was, I believe, it was his agent that uh that did that and um he came out and you know and busted the person out so you know he's a he's a good young actor and so it's a terrific show and i can i can see that that's where we're at because i feel like that should how how it should be i don't want people to wait 10 years because then this person's gotten away with it they've probably done it to more children more people and like i'm just glad we're in this place where people are finding it easier to to speak up not not everyone is but for the most part we're getting there we're working on that i like that and I got one thing to say. I'm not going to spoil it, but Sean Astin in the second season was great. And you know, you got to love Bob. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but uh, but Bob, yeah. If you watch this, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to even say nothing. Almost definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Great, great show. Can't wait. Anytime for the next I season. hear the word, the name Bob, I think of those old commercials <laughs> where there's a collect commercial or what is that? And he's like. Bob, we had a baby. It's a boy. He says it really fast. <laughs> yes. so he doesn't have to pay the collect call. That's anytime I hear Bob, I'm stuck in that. Bob, we had a baby. It's a boy. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. So, Jen, what is your number two? Okay, mine is American Gods. Oh yes. And um, there's actually some news about American Gods tonight. Oh. Um, or well, I don't know if it's tonight, but whatever. Uh, Jesse Alexander who is the executive producer, was the executive producer on Star Trek Discovery, is taking over as the showrunner. Oh, okay. So that could be good. It could be good. I, I don't, I know a little bit about Jesse Alexander, uh, just enough to say definitely talented and skilled. Uh, not enough to know if it's going to be a good fit, but I know that, uh, that Brian Fuller and, well, both Fuller and Green have agreed to at least sort of mentor whoever comes in. Uh, as showrunner to kind of give them, you know, a bit of perspective about what's been done. So I, I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> um, the re- Part of the reason that it is on my list is because of Brian Fuller. Because I, almost anything that Brian Fuller touches is just gold to me. I don't know whether we're just on the same sort of 
visual wavelength or what, but everything that he does has some kind of pleasing aesthetic to me that is almost hypnotic. And American Gods had not just a good story premise, but it also had uh, the kind of visual, wonderful narrative that I always love to talk about. And on top of that, Neil Gaiman's ideas are so awesome when it comes to how he treats mythology that it's hard not to love this story. It just it be, it interweaves into all kinds of things that you do every day and makes you we in my family, we always talk about technology and we now incorporate technology as an actual person because of American gods. So it, it left a huge impact on, on everybody in my family that watched it. Um, the other thing that I really liked about American gods was <clears throat> I absolutely felt like Ricky Whittle found his place in the universe. I mean, I loved him as Lincoln on the 100. I was so sad the way that they treated him. It was awful. But to see him as Shadow it's almost like that role was meant for him. And if they had given it to anybody else, it just would not be the same. He just found his own presence in this role. So that is my, that that's my pick. And it's really high up there because it is just that excellent. And and as a side note that uh, me and Jen do a podcast on the TV series, American Gods. So we talk about it quite a bit. Um, American Gods, uh, terrific show. Brian Fuller is amazing. Um, Ian McShane, who, you know, that's one of those people you would pay to hear him read a a phone book. You know, uh, he just is so good with words, you know. Um, I mean, as a writer, I'm sure, I'm sure it must be a joy to hear that, that man recite, you know, what he's written. And then, Pablo Schreiber. Um, I was going to say, isn't porn stash in that? <laughs> yes. Pablo Schreiber, who is Liev Schreiber's uh, half-brother, that dude, okay, should be an agent. And this is the reason why, reason why I'm going to say this is, dude knows how to pick apart. I mean, is he in anything that's bad? I swear, like, everything that guy's in is, like, really good. He was, like, in The Wire... You know, he was in, um, you know, this. I mean, like, and you look at his movies. I'm sure he got bad movies like everybody does. But I swear he's, like, always in something really good. He's in Den of Thieves, too, and I hear good things. Oh, he's amazing in that. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is in Den of Thieves. I I saw that, yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. He was in Weeds. He was, uh, you know, The Good Wife. Uh, You know, just that guy knows how to pick parts. That guy is uh, really good. I'm like, you should be an agent, too, buddy. Maybe we need to find out who his agent is. Maybe because that because that person is clearly. Uh, I don't think they're just bringing him everything. Maybe they're just so on the same like wavelength that they just he just knows. Because yeah, he's picking some great parts. Because that's everything I've, I've seen you've named. I've seen and like I haven't watched a den of these yet, but I definitely it's on the list. Yeah, he's he's it's really good. I mean, and, and you know him and his brother. His brother uh, is a fantastic actor as well, uh, Liev Schreiber. You may know so many him. people don't know that they don't even know his name. Like like me, they just I know his name, but I I still call him Pornstash. That's his name forever <laughs> and always. He always <laughs> he laughs too. He's he was doing a lot of prom- promos for uh, 
for Dinner Thieves, and he would go on, like, they were on a lot of hip-hop stations, and every, like, host, like, Sway and, you know, those people at um, Breakfast Club and all of that, they were all like, porn stash! <laughs> you know? And he's so cute. He is really cute when when he's not playing porn stash, because I don't like the porn stash. He looks um, evil not into hell. it. He has but he's evil so look. attractive. He has, this li- look. he has these evil eyes. You know, <laughs> like the dude looks like. Yeah, he's got the creeper eyes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's creepy. That's why he's able to play porn stash because porn stash is obviously a creeper. But yeah, <laughs> he could play a bad guy easily. Yeah, and his 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 brother, fantastic actor as well. Uh, you know, he's he's on. Um, dang, what's the name of the show on Showtime? Uh, oh, Don Don something. What is the name of that show? Ray, Ray, Ray Donovan. Donovan. Thank you, Ray yeah. Donovan. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I I I think. Um, I like Liev Schreiber when he's in a comedy. Uh-huh. What was that movie he was in? He oh he was in. Matter of fact, he was on um, that movie uh, with um, Larry David. Um, oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one that, that had Chicago he, all in it. Huh? He had Chicago all in it. Um, yeah, I, the group Chicago. Yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that was I a good movie. Because he's playing this role where he's like serious as hell, but it's hilarious because it's like, you know, like calm down, you know. But he's like playing clear like, history. Russian. Yes, <clears throat> clear history. Clear, that was a good movie. Clear, that was low key good. Funny movie. That was. Yeah, it took a li- like, it took I a little while. Bi- it took a little while, and he's like the most decorated voice actor. I swear, he's a voice in a lot of stuff. So, but going back to uh, to um, um, your number two, American Gods. Yeah. Um, you know, great cast, great writing, and uh, you know you got to give Stars credit because Stars is on a roll with uh, their programming, and you know they're going through a, I, you know I think they have a lot of really good stuff, and so uh, American Gods is a good one, and can't wait to the n- new season and see what they do with it. So we'll see, you know. All right, so Nikki, what's your number two? I feel like half of the things that I'm obsessed with right now are uh, done by Ryan Murphy, and this is this is one of his, American Crime Story, the the People versus OJ. I really loved it. I really loved it because it it was like we had we know the story. I was alive during the time. We know it over and over. But this was such done in such a different way. Like basically, he read every single book that every anyone involved in this case wrote and he shot it from everybody's perspective which is what i i didn't expect i thought i was gonna be like oh okay it's gonna be from his oj's point of view but it wasn't it was mostly everyone else the jury the judge the prosecutors which honestly they played they did it so well the prosecutors that the characters who play the prosecutors did so well that i felt for them right because they were trying so hard but i just i just loved it i thought it was done so well the way it was shot, the fact that they had all these perspectives and it wasn't just from one person's point of view, that made me feel more, in, I felt even more informed than I thought I, I had been, right? I thought I knew everything. And then when I watched it, I felt like I did learn some new things. And it was it was it was shining a light on, you know, like I said, like knowing what the jury would have, what was going on with the jury for me made a difference because that's important because they they have their own that's that's its own drama anytime there's a major case the jury's who you want to talk to because they have their own like whole dramatic thing going on there they've got beef this you know they they're cooped up for months sometimes and it's it's good so like the whole show is just done really well and the new season which is currently airing now 
is about Versace, the Versace, the assassination of, of Gianni Versace. And it's only on episode, I believe, four. I've just watched it last night. And it's just, again, great. Because it's, it's focusing. I thought it was going to be all about Gianni Versace. I thought they were going to show us his life and up to the point where he gets killed. No, forget Gianni Versace. The first episode, he's already dead. And then they go, they flash back and they start going through Andrew Cunanan's life and what he was like. And you don't realize how much of a monster he is because all you know is he killed Gianna Versace and maybe they might casually mention he was a serial killer and he had killed some other men. But this, this is really showing like everything, like what he was doing on his pastime and how he came to become this person and what he did to these people. And these are some gruesome murders that occurred. Him shooting Gianni Versace in the face was just one thing and it wasn't even as gruesome as the other things he had done to these other people. And I just feel like this is such a good show that I am excited to see. Like, I like that the seasons are contained within themselves because I don't have to be committed. I can just watch it later, you know? So I just love it. I think it's so, it's done so well. You know, Ryan Murphy was on fire this year, or, well, 2017, because Feud was so amazing. Did you see that? No. No. Anything he does, I want to see. Oh, my God. This was the story of of, uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. When they were shooting the film, or actually it was, yeah, when they were shooting the film, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And And it's Hollywood legend. The feud that the two of them had and how much they hated each other. And the backstory to that was just unbelievably told. He does well with that, right? He's doing well. He really does. Hollywood secret shady chatter stuff. He's exposing stuff and I love it. I'm here for every last drop of every every morsel that he's giving I'm here for it because it's a great I love already love exploiting actors and actresses and directors and producers and everybody. I want to know everything and him putting these shows together. Oh, I'm so thankful. Well, I am definitely going to watch that. You know that the, I think the most the, the best part of Ryan Murphy well, and, and especially as it was sort of drawn out and viewed, again, is this guy can take a character and it doesn't matter what, I'll call it an alignment, the character has. The character can be basically anything. And Ryan Murphy finds a way to not just make that character uh, human and relatable, but they become a central force and that is really rare because generally we're so used to watching shows that are so event driven. And I'm not saying that the characters don't have something to do with it, but Ryan Murphy's special gift. And, and I can see it happening in Versace too, but the way that it happened in feud was he took two women who were essentially just filled with vitriol and anger at many things and turned them into, turned the legend basically of their feud into something that was relatable, human, and and icky at the same time. Like, th- this right. guy's got a gift for writing Look excellent characters. Look at what he's characters. doing Evan Peters. Are you kidding me? Evan <sighs> Peters in the last season, the late, the latest season of American Horror Story, which is a, poli- this one's politically driven, Donald yep. Trump versus, it's, what Evan Peters plays, I think, five or six serial killers throughout the entire season. Are you kidding me? Do you know how hard it is to play one serial killer? Evan Peters is so 
like he can do anything now. Now that he's done this season, he's about to blow up. He's going to be in everything. I promise you. Next year, 2019, you're going to see him in everything. He's already shooting everything. He's Quicksilver. He's hey, he's year. already Quicksilver, and he's really good. Yeah, he's 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 going to do everything because because in the beginning, in the first, he's in every season. I think he's probably the only one who's in every season except for the witch one. I think he's in every other season. But it's so good, and I could just oh, I just I'm I'm here for it. Because he now, plays Psycho so well. I'll say this about the uh, the um, American Crime, that season three will be about Katrina. And um, and season four is going to be about the Hillary, uh, I mean, uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal. Oh, oh my God. Oh, no, and he's, no. he's going to slay all of that. He's going to slay every drop of everything. Katrina is going to inform people. People going to be woke as hell after that. Katrina was supposed <laughs> to be number two, but they decided to do Versace first. It's probably a much more intricate. It probably takes more to do the Katrina one just because it has so much more. Uh, Who to, plays to Kanye? Do, like, <laughs> I'm sorry? Who plays Kanye in it? Right? <laughs> George, Wash- George, George Bush doesn't care about black people. I love it. Ooh. They probably just play the clip because One in other. like in, in American Crime Story they use a lot of clips from news and stuff. So they use the actual Donald Trump like they use actual Donald Trump speeches and, and, and clips and, and Hillary clips. So maybe they might just be able to do that in the same One way. Of the great moments in T V history, the look on Mike Myers' face. <laughs> priceless oh yeah i love it oh he looked like oh my god that's not on the teleprompter <laughs> when you hire kanye you should know that come on uh, yeah. oh ricky martin no, but i it. loved it but no but for real though this oj and then and then oj got released from jail like uh, what a year later <laughs> so it was like really funny came yeah. out perfectly at the same at the right time but like oh my god this show is so good and i don't know if anyone if any of you haven't hasn't watched the people versus oj you please you have to watch yeah, it it's really good it's it's on netflix and so they actually had lance ito lance ito played himself <laughs> no let me stop <laughs> <laughs> that guy looked just like him now don't he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they did a good job. Casting is done That's well. Like, and like I said, it's not just about OJ. It's about everything, and I just love the way it was done. Yeah, Ryan Murphy is. And, he, and the new show that I'm watching now is 911, and he's on that too, of course, Ryan Murphy. I didn't even know. I was watching it last night, and I just happened to see he his did name. Glee. And I'm like, as well. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not a Glee person. Me neither. Sorry. Glee, right, so, Glee, obviously, look at look at what's happening. We got one, I mean, no disrespect, I respect the dead 100%, and I know obviously they were going through a lot, both of them, but, you know, to have a second death now yeah. from the Glee, Glee cast, I'm just wondering what was really going on, like, uh-huh. nobody, you know, it was just, it's just such a strange, it's, it's almost unlucky, yeah. you know, to have one die from the drug overdose and now one commit suicide because he's like under investigation for child molestation or whatever it was yeah. like you know being accused for that and it's just like what what was going on with these people and then you have um what's the girl's name the main girl what's the main girl in glee's name do you know her name i can't no remember idea. the one with the bangs i, I can't stand it. her she's just <laughs> aware of everyone and everything she's just into herself so i didn't like her and so i just don't like glee that was his only for me that's just a no yeah, I never watched that. All right, so yeah. Coco, what is your number two? My number two is Game of Thrones. All right, all right. And uh, what did you like about uh, the last season of Game of Thrones? Uh, Ring on the Dragons. I love, I love, <laughs> I love. Dra- I used to want a dragon when I was a little kid. So just finding out that there's a dragon and a girl owns them. 
and she can ride all three of these jokers and command them to do what they want to do. I am reliving my childhood, and I love every minute of it. Um, I'm so curious how this story is going to play out. I don't want to read any of the books yet. I don't want to read any spoilers. I don't want to read any um, hypotheticals or, or watch any hypotheticals on YouTube, what's going to happen with Tyrion or any of the main characters. I want to be surprised. I want to savor each and every moment that I plays out in the spring in I don't 2019. Watch people, but I, I, I get that. I understand because when I was watching Legion, my friend likes to watch um, the fan. Um, what do you call them when you assume or you make right. the theories, the fan, yeah. theory, the fan fiction theories? I don't like yeah. that. Like I want to be surprised. But isn't that isn't it hurtful? Like don't isn't aren't they not coming back again till 2019? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's, yeah. How, I, I, I don't I watch it until season six. I didn't start watching the show until season six, so I literally binge watched five seasons in a month, so I can watch uh, this show. I've done that in a week, girl. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know what? I haven't watched the show, and I feel like I'm the only person on the planet who has not seen literally one. I haven't seen one moment of this show. I'm not even kidding. And I you have. Know, there's a meme for now. you. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. there's a meme all about you I'm out there. Sure. I'm literally I've never <laughs> I seen one episode. G O T. God. And I have HBO now. I actively have HBO now. I don't know why I haven't just like sat down and tried, but I'm afraid. I'm I'm one of those people. I just watched the pilot Lost. ends. Like one of the I best endings of a pilot. Last year. That's how behind I am with popular shows. Uh, I don't, don't like get me to started on Lost. I was that was like crack for me. Back yeah, I, anything that's super popular, I can't watch it because everyone is talking about it, and it, it's I'm a hipster like in that. I guess that's what you would call me. It's because the more people like it, the more I go away from it. And so, like I said, I just watched Lost last year in the summer, so that lets you know like it takes me a while to really get into things like that when they're so so popular. When Lost it's, it's was on, hard. when Lost was on, every conversation was like about the episodes and so it was it was ridiculous it was like you'd be like somewhere and they'd be like oh my god you know and if they found out you watch lost then next thing you know you're having like a two-hour conversation about what do you think's going on what's in the hatch what about the so many good things so game of thrones is a fantastic show my father watches it he likes it my my stepmother watches it with him but he's into that kind of macho stuff you know well it's 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 really good. It's it's not so it's not so much macho. Grand, there's there's a buttload of violence. There really is, but the stories are so intricate, and I've never seen storytelling storytelling to this aspect before. The show for me is amazing. You only get that kind of thing in a book. I agree. Exactly. It's a book, obviously, but yeah. Oh, yes, yes, and the way it plays the the, the actors. Phenomenal! Um, I love Lena Headley, Healy. Healy Headley, Healy, Healy, Healy. I forgot. Um, she's she's she is considered a villain of the show, and I love every moment she is on screen. Oh my god! It's just like she's my hero. There's one moment. All the, all, there's one moment. Even all the, the guys. Villain, she's my hero. There's one moment that all the guys love to see her on screen when she takes that long walk. <laughs> <laughs> what long walk? What it is about all this walk of shame? Right, right, right. right. Yeah, that's not really her. I that's know, not, I know, that's I know. A, a body double. I know, but it still was, you know. How still are you cool. gonna be doing a show on HBO and using a body double, girl? You better walk, walk she's naked. That, 
she's she's that good of an actor that she doesn't have to walk. She's a, well, no, no, don't ask to. I'm just yeah. saying, like, that, I'm just saying, if I'm signing up for a show on HBO, I'm going for it. I'm going for it because well, I just feel like we it's gotta get like you on an HBO show then. <laughs> Sorry, I said we got to get you on the HBO show then. <laughs> you know they got actual porn stars on Game of Thrones. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they they have a lot of porn stars that work on Game in, of Thrones. In the beginning is a the beginnings of a lot a lot of nudity, so they have porn stars. Matter of fact, uh, Tyrion's um, love interest Shay, she was actually a porn star turned actress. Yeah, and I, I I'll say you know out of research because I went on a Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, so mm-hmm. and they were talking about that. Uh, I saw some of her work. Uh, um, she's not a very <laughs> good actress. <laughs> she's not. She like she wasn't a very good actress on Game of Thrones, and she's terrible as a porn star too. So acting ain't ain't her her uh, strong point. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> how, do I, I, how do you watch a porn scene and fall asleep? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, so. because either it's really exaggerated or it's like. You know, it wasn't. It, yeah, it was. Yeah. That's I, I, I'm having a hard time with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's upsetting. But did she even do any nudity in in her role? I think or early on, maybe girl? something like that. Huh? Early on, possibly. Yeah. I don't recall her doing any nudity. Huh? I got to go back and check. Yeah. Why would you why would you have a porn star and not use her her special set of skills? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who was like, let's give this porn star a shot? Right, and then not. What was their audition like? Did they show their reel? Because I feel like their reel is. (laughs) She got a hell of a reel, I tell you that. Yeah, Yeah, they they, her audition. They showed it. Yeah. All right, so number two on my list is Twin Peaks: The Return. Um, Now, I guess we go back to 1990. I believe. Yeah, it was 1990. Uh, yep. Twin Peaks was like, it was one of the most landmark TV shows that ever exists. It's really, it's like if you have a timeline, there's like before Twin Peaks and then after Twin Peaks. And I think the biggest blip after that was X-Files as far as it changed the landscape of television. Like part of the reason why television got so good was Twin Peaks. Because before Twin Peaks, you didn't really have... I mean, you, I think probably the beginnings of that was probably Miami Vice, because you had Michael Mann, you know, who's a great film director. But Twin Peaks, like, took it, you know, it just changed television. and allowed what you can do on TV. And you had, like, real talented, you know, filmmakers started to work on television. And David Lynch, who's a visionary, you know, writer, director, producer, um, just him and Mark Frost came up with this amazing show that uh, unfortunately for a lot of different reasons, uh, you know, fell apart and, you know, networks messing with it and all that stuff. And, um, it ended on a cliffhanger back in 1990. And then in 92, they had a movie called, um, twin peaks Firewalk with me, which was one of those movies when it came out, a lot of people didn't like it, but years later people appreciate it a lot more. And, Interesting in there's a scene in Twin Peaks where in the original where 
they say in 25 years we'll be back or something like that. And would you know, in 25 years after the movie, <laughs> they actually start the new season with yeah, that. Yeah, they played it. They played on that. Like, we got to play with it. Why not? Why not? Which you would think you like think that conversation was like, yeah, like you would think like, like they planned it like that, but they said they didn't even realize it until they started. Instead of they started doing, you know, re- watching the old show again to get ready to write the new one. And they said they didn't even remember putting that in and originally, and they had to think about how it got in there. And it was something that was thrown in at the end of the series finale. But getting to Twin Peaks to return, why it was so amazing was it wasn't a rehash of the show from 25 years ago. It was, it you know, it didn't, they had some fan service in it, but it was something totally new. And it was basically two wonderful talents, Mark Frost and David Lynch, just being themselves and creating something that was so amazing. I, I thought Twin Peaks, the return was outstanding. It was weird. It was quirky. It was, you didn't know what was going to happen from one episode to another. And then there was this episode in the middle of the season where like I had, I I, had, I don't even watch TV shows multiple times. I probably watched it about six times. Cause it's so weird and quirky. I think you know what I'm talking about, right, <laughs> um, Jen? Right? The, yeah, I uh, The woodsman yeah. and the, you know, and um, it's called "Can I Get a Light." That's the name of the episode, and you know, it's so wonderfully um, weird and bizarre, and and you know, although if you really watch it and really take note to it. You know, I mean, it's pretty clear cut what's going on, but I think a lot of people have a hard time following it, like a lot of uh, Lynch's other work. But um, I thought it was amazing. I thought the finale was amazing. Kyle MacLachlan, I mean, I think David Lynch and Mark Frost gave Kyle MacLachlan a really good gift because he got to do things that I've never seen him do as an actor. And he's been in the game for a long time. And he, he got to play multiple characters and not just, you know, multiple characters trying to be on some Eddie Murphy type stuff, but like it made sense why there were multiple characters. And he played each character, gave him its own life. And I thought, you know, he was outstanding. And, and um, you know, and it was, it doesn't feel like the original series. It, it, if you, it was more like Firewalk With Me in the tone a little bit with the little hint of the original. But uh, I thought it was outstanding. So, I have to say, Twin Peaks, I couldn't wait every week for a new episode of The Return. And, um, you know, I, it wasn't as big of a hit as they hoped, but I thought that it was a good, um, if this is the only thing that we'll ever see again of Twin Peaks, I thought they did a great job. And I know you liked it as well, right, Jen? Oh, I I, have, I absolutely loved it. But you, what I was going to say was, <clears throat> I think that Twin Peaks, when it first aired, and that obviously carried through, was it, it was the first time that I think pop culture had embraced the what is a good word for this? It 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 was the kind of show that didn't pander to the audience. So things could be left up in the air and people would discuss it, but there may not actually be the kind of resolution that you are looking for. Half of the fun of Twin Peaks back then was knowing that whoever you talked about who was into Twin Peaks would have some crazy theory too. And there was, it was almost like you didn't need to have 
whereas up to that point you kind of had far more of the serial resolution or a series resolution <coughs> to all kinds of different issues. Twin Peaks didn't have that, and it didn't need it because it was just compelling by itself. And one of the great moments of that the new series was all season we waited for Agent Dale Cooper to reemerge, and that moment when it does happen was so cool. Like, I know it, it made everybody wait, you know, but when it did, it was pretty cool. It was a cool moment, you know, and I thought that was great. I thought it was awesome. I thought they, you know... Um, you know, I thought it was great. And then it, there's also a, a two books that came out with it. It's the Secret History of Twin Peaks, and then there was a, the Final Dossier. I did hear the Secret History, which was really good. It was very, very good book. And um, so I haven't heard the uh, Final Dossier. I didn't read. I mean, I would listen to it on my uh, <laughs> audio book. I haven't read a book in a while, so maybe I shouldn't count that as reading a book, right? When you listen to the audio book. No, no, no. Don't do that. Because then if you do that, then I got to do that. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it counts as reading. Oh, it counts? Okay, well, in that case, yes, I've read a lot of books lately. Yes. <laughs> I'm a reading fool. <laughs> on Audible, I let them play while I'm on the train, on my way to work, and, like, while I'm cleaning the house. I listen to really educational stuff, and, like, listen, it counts as reading. Just because you're not putting your eyeballs on the paper doesn't mean you're not you haven't read the book right i listened to the book is that's what i should say i ain't doing all that i read the damn book but you know what though <laughs> when you have a friend who's an author you can't tell them that you're reading another no, I book because they'll be like you haven't read my book <laughs> so i'm like hey you don't have an audio book so make an audio book and then i got you. yeah so Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks is my number two. So, all right. So um, we're going to do our number ones and we'll say goodnight. I know we're going way past what uh, we should have. But um, so real quick, um, just before we um, before you say your number uh, one, can you just recap uh, five through four? I mean, five through two real quick, uh, Jen. <clears throat> OK, so for me, it was Damnation. It was uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, I'm sorry. Taboo. Big Little Lies, and uh, what was the other? American Gods. Sorry, that was my next one. So my number one is Westworld. Mm. Westworld is another HBO show. It yeah. took. Uh, it it took. I don't know if anybody has ever seen the movie adaptation yes. of Westworld. Yes. But it it took a really simple principle, uh, which was actually quite good even for the time, but didn't expand too far into it. And it Westworld created both a uh, something that you could really see as being this is the next phase of entertainment. This is the next, this is where we're going. But it edged into it every single question that I have from both a connoisseur of technology to a really deep sort of ethics thinker about where technology is going, about where the line is between what we create and what is, quote unquote, a real life. <clears throat> is it consciousness? Is it is it something else? Is it something, Do we can we program it into people? Is it an algorithm? I mean, it just opens up doors of fascinating questions and it has obviously the sci-fi aspect of it is really 
pretty deep and very well thought out. But it is the the thing that got me about Westworld was there is a principle behind the adaptation of Westworld, which I rarely see. You sort of see it in Game of Thrones, right, where they veered off from the source material and really sort of owned the story on their own, which is a powerful thing to do, especially when you've got fans that already know a lot about the series. Westworld took this idea and made it something not just different from, I think, the original creation, but they incorporated so many awesome new flavors to the concept of Westworld. There's another part of Westworld. Um, there's a, uh, um, well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil anything. I feel like I might spoil something. I, there, there's another portion of Westworld, which is not called Westworld. It's called something else. And it has the same concept and the same things sort of happen there, but it happens at a different time period. Now, the, the adaptation, our adaptation in Westworld, focuses very much just on the original piece of it. And what sort of what that did was it narrowed down the scope and the emphasis so that we could pay attention to, I think, the things that are the most important, which is the idea behind what is life. What is, is life something that you create or is life something more uh, difficult to sort of pin down? What is it that creates life and makes you alive? Is it the fact that you have blood and tissue running through you or is it something completely different? It's, it's extremely compelling TV. On top of that, there are puzzles within puzzles within puzzles in Westworld and I was super excited to, I'm not like you guys, I love reading fan theories. I was really excited to continue to hear the fans come up with just some of the most inventive intellectual work that I, I that, that stuff takes energy and thought process and just a lot of kind of deep thinking. And it was so exciting to see a fandom come together around this from an idea which is, complicated but fairly simple at its core so westworld gets my number one anthony hopkins i can't even say enough about him the 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 main characters in this they don't just carry the show they are the show it is there's so many great things that happen event wise <coughs> but it is the characters that make this just amazing breathtaking at times to watch every time that an episode would end i i felt like i had to go and write a dissertation about what i had just seen because my head was just so full of ideas so that gets my number one spot i have to give you to, the west world was never a book but it was michael Crichton. Um, i believe it might have been his directorial debut or possibly his directorial debut but Michael Crichton loved it, the, loved it so much that he basically copied that format and made Jurassic Park because it's yes. Jurassic yes. Park is basically Westworld with dinosaurs. Westworld with dinosaurs, yeah. right? 
So, uh, but um, no, Westworld was great. It was, it really, I really wanted to put it on my list because, I mean, the acting was great. I mean, it was, and I'd always, for years, I championed Westworld to get remade, rebooted into a TV show. And every once in a while, you get exactly what you want in life. And uh, and I wanted HBO to do it, and HBO got it, and Jonathan Nolan, you know, is behind it. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, it was, it was terrific. So, um, but um, yeah, I I really uh, enjoyed it, and I thought it was uh, you know uh, tremendous. So definitely, uh, that was a winner. All right. So um, number one on on your list, uh, um, Nikki, and uh, just real quick recap your your list before you give your number one. Well, my number one was already exposed. Can I do an honorable mention? It, it's quick. Sure. It's not. But I'll I'll do my list. My list was number five is Legion. <clears throat> Number four was Black Mirror. Number three was House of Cards. Number two was um, American Crime Story. And my number one was Mindhunter, which I I stick behind. Mindhunter all the way. Mindhunter season 560. I'm with it. <laughs> Keep it going. Make it up if you have to. But um, the honorable mention is Riverdale. Because I, I, I didn't know about like Riverdale. A friend of mine was like, are you going to watch Riverdale? And I was like, I don't watch things on the CW. Sorry. I'm not into the Vampire Diaries and the Arrow and all this stuff because I, th- I feel like it's, it is really teen-centered, but it can get interesting, I, I suppose. I could see how that is. But Riverdale is such a good show. It's about, it's basically the Archie comics. It's Archie and Betty and, you know, um, Jughead and, you know, Veronica. It's the whole group. Josie and the Pussycats are in it. It's great. So you have Cole Sprouse is playing Jughead, which I think is great. I think he's doing an amazing job doing such. And Luke Perry is playing um, Archie's father, which is cool. Robin Gibbons is playing Josie's mother from Josie and the Pussycats. Like, it's a good cast. Like, the adults are people you'd recognize from, like, your teens, which I found it to be, like, really fun that they try to, they they wind up throwing those people in there. You know, Luke Perry especially, because, you know, 90210 back in the day. And then, like you know, but the new the new actors, the kids, right, the teenagers, the ones who are playing the the main characters, I feel like they're up and coming in a way that I could see them doing real stuff. The 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 girl who plays Cheryl Blossom, the redhead, she's so badass. I want to hate her. She's meant to hate, but I love her. She is so good at being a, a bitch. Like it's so nice. She's a redhead. She's gorgeous, but she's got this like over-the-top, really bad attitude in the show, and it's just so good. And um, I just, I, I commend it. I think it's a really good show, and I think if you if you were into the Archie comics or Josie and the Pussycat like I was, you'd like you'd like it. Even though it is a it is a teen drama, technically, it's really dark. They, they made it dark. This is not like happy-go-lucky. This is like really dark murder, incest. Yes, incest. Mm. All that is included in this show. And they're not hinting incest. It's incest. It's happening. Definitely. Incest is in now. (laughs) I said incest is so in in Hollywood now. (laughs) Right. Because it's a a thing, you know. Taboo is is at the forefront. Everything that's not supposed to be is. is. So, no, I I really like this show. I like it. And I think... um, there's some stars being made in this show, and I, I know I'm going to see them again. So I, it's my like honorable mention. All right, all right. Um, so let's go to uh, Princess Coco. What is your number one? And, and give us a, a quick recap of uh, of. Um, okay, my, mm-hmm. my recap is Handmaid's Tale, 
Mine Hunters, Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, and my number one pick is This Is Us. This Is Us, yes. I hear great things about it. Oh, it's yeah, amazing. I heard it. It's really good. I have it in my queue. Well, Sterling K. Brown, oh, Christopher Darden. Do not, do not sit down and watch the show and not have like Kleenex nearby. <laughs> you, have, you have to have Kleenex <clears throat> nearby because at any given moment, it is a tearjerker. It takes across. It takes place across two different timelines. Uh, actually, three. Um, when a, a a couple, they are married. They have babies. Uh, initially, they have triplets, but one passes away during um, childbirth, and so they adopt a, a black baby. And so they do the timelines when they're you know infants, then adolescents, teenagers, and then when they're grown adults. And so. I've I've never seen writing like this. I never thought writing can be outdone by Game of Thrones, but I I'm bored. <laughs> That's a big, am, big deal. Yeah, it is. It really is. I decided not to watch season two until it's all done, so I can sit down on a, one weekend and binge watch the whole thing. So I have like I three more episodes. Yeah. I I have three more episodes to finish or wait for them to finish, and then I can binge watch the entire second season. I I can't I'm, wait I'm a whole week. I, I can't. There's some shows that it's just too much. I feel like I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown waiting a whole yeah, week. I, I can't I can't wait a whole week. So I just like I'm gonna just ride it out the whole <coughs> season. There's three more episodes left for this season. I'm gonna wait till they finish. And then I'm going to stream the entire season in one weekend. All what fifteen episodes <laughs> and all, I'm gonna be tired from watching T V so much. But yeah. This show's amazing. I I have never seen anything like this before. And for it to take 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 place across so many different timelines, and to, to deal with so many aspects, dealing with race, uh, dealing with wanting to have family, and a woman want a career, and it's you know trying to find yourself in in life. There's also so many engaging personal things that we all go through, and to force be uh, told in such a way that's relatable on screen. I I can't say enough about it. I really can't. I definitely yeah, I have a friend who's begging me to watch this show, and I, I have it in my queue. I, I get a notification every time a new episode is out, so I look at it. I'm like, okay, I gotta sit down and watch it, but I'm gonna wait till this, like you said, this season is done, so I can just watch one and two just together. Three, yeah, just three more episodes. Just three more episodes for season two, and then you can have at it. <laughs> it do makes not me watch the show. Yeah. yeah, do not watch the show without having tissue nearby. Because any it, given moment is going to kick tears out of your eyes. That's what she said. She said it's a tearjerker, and I cry on American Idol when people win, and, and so I, you know I'm I'm gonna be a mess. Like, oh. I, <laughs> but I, I it makes me think about like other shows. Like, how the hell I didn't watch The Wire when it was on. I watched it after it was done, and I watched it all to get once. And I I'm just in my mind like shows that are really good. How on earth did we wait a whole week to watch next episode? Because we that's what we had exactly. to do. I just I don't. I'm ruined. I'm ruined. Yep. I learned my lesson from watching uh, This Is Us the first season. I was like, I have to wait another six days before I go watch the next one. I don't. I can't handle it. So, yeah, I'm surprised I was able to push through this far without watching even one episode. I'm surprised because mm. the show was that good. I mean, literally, it pulled you in, branded you, put a tattoo on you, um, it, it put a, a, a hook in your nose, and. I don't know how I've made it this far. It, I really it don't. owns you. It's you belong to it, and that's the end. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Mm. 
and it's been, it's been winning awards for writing and the actors and things like that. It's a, it really is uh, a show that I really want to invest in, like buying the DVDs because I, I, wow. I, I remember re-watch. when they first started advertising it, they were like, it's a new type of show. It is. And, and they were, yeah, and they were saying that it, it's so relatable and that this, this is something that you're going to love because anybody could relate to these things. It's so yep. human. It's very human, yep. as I hear. It's truer words. Truer words. It, it's, it's so engaging because it's so relatable. At any given time, just dealing with trying to navigate life, you can relate to it from one aspect or another, trying to find out who, just how you fit in this world or trying to find out uh, who a parent is. You're, miss, you're missing a parent for one reason or another, dealing with either abandonment or rejection or for one reason or another. You're trying to navigate life. And this tells it in such a way, it portrays it in such a way that um, it, it almost... For, for lack of a better phrase, it's almost like the show is like a diary. It's, it's, it's so personal and so intimate. It's like a diary. And for it to take place across three different timelines. And you're dealing with the parents, how they're trying to navigate them being a couple, her trying to have a career, um, uh, uh, her not wanting to have, to have kids, to all of a sudden being pregnant with triplets. You know what I'm saying? She was just like... Oh my gosh! I run. I run from shows like that because I just don't. I don't want to be that. Emo- I don't want to be crying and sniffling. Oh, and, it's, and, it's hard, but you would not uh, regret watching it. You would not regret because the, this show is special. This show is so special. I can't. I, can't, I might have to wait till I have a boyfriend and make him watch it with me because I can't. I'm not crying alone. I'm sorry. It's not happening. <laughs> I just to be alone. He gonna be like. He gonna be like. Girl, me turn this off. I can't take it. <laughs> I, need, I need. I need it. I need it because I, I can't. I need a shoulder to cry on. <clears throat> you know. Th- you this is us. As, th- I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I got a huge teddy bear. Maybe I can cry on him. <laughs> oh my god! And it's so worth it. it after you, after you, you know, you have a good cry. You're like, how does someone write like this? It's like, how is it it's possible? Probably, it's probably somebody life. They, they, they telling life. That's what it is. It's, it's, inspiration comes from everywhere. You know, whether you have a friend who's going, you put little pieces of all your friends' lives together, and you get the most dramatic family you could ever think of. <laughs> oh my god, it's it really is. It's 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 so special. It's like they captured a the unicorn. The unicorn is right in the show. I've never seen. <laughs> forever i never have what were you saying jen i i was just gonna say that this is us is one of the few shows that i've ever seen the actors really sincerely give gratitude to the writers for giving them lines that they can then emote and it pushes the bond or it pushes the bounds the boundaries i guess of uh, of acting it's it's one of the few shows that i've seen people respond to in a way that is different from this is a great drama to oh my god this is my life and that's really i mean from a pop culture standpoint that's really rare that something kind of picks up on sort of all the nuances of what we're all going through and doesn't doesn't belittle us by making us you know it's not it the the I forgot the actress's name who uh, doesn't want to have kids, but <clears throat> the way that the show treats her is not like 
um, she's at fault or there's something wrong with her. Exactly. Or it, yeah, exactly. that's why, I guess that's why they're saying it's a human show. It's so human because yeah. it doesn't vilify anyone. It just expresses it as this is just the way that some people are and you not and there's no judgment. Well, the, and exactly. the, you shouldn't say that. I mean, there is judgment. There's judgment from the other actor. Or with the well, other yeah, characters, I, mean, I should say. The way that, but, right. The way that they're showing it to us, there's not the judge. There's no room for us to judge her. It's it's like normal for other yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. But like when you watch it, it makes you feel for her. Like, I get it. Like, I yeah. understand what you're yeah. saying. That's that's a hard thing to do. There's is for a, some there's... to disagree with like if I if I'm pro children all the way and this person comes on and she doesn't want children and usually I'd be like ugh this character why does it what kind of person doesn't like children you know but you then know, I, she, you change I, your perspective I, I think the hardest thing to write period whether you're writing a movie or or whether you're whether you're writing a screenplay for a movie or whether you're writing dialogue for a TV series is expressing empathy it, it's it's such a subtle nuance to sort of get through. That when it's done right, you immediately know that, oh, my God, this is done right. Because, it, it again, it's just so subtle. The nuance of empathy is difficult to sort of transfer when there's so much distraction. And this is us somehow. The, the, the dialogue itself is so compassionate toward it's the subject telling. matter that every time one of the characters goes through something that is difficult... You feel the sense of connection with them, whether you would be going through that or not. You have this immediate bond, and that is mm -hmm. all done through the script. I mean, it is just exactly. absolutely brilliant writing. Yeah, exactly. Character development is what makes or breaks a show for me, and if it has that, I'm with it. Character development's everything. Right. This this transcends just having sympathy for a character to somehow relating empathy for something you never even experienced before. Right. And it's like, how? How? You know, see, this is just how, how? How do you do that? It's like, I've never experienced this, but I'm I'm going through it with, like, I'm doing it with it myself. It's amazing. So, yeah. I, I'm, like I said, I'm having a very difficult time. I only have three episodes left before I can actually just sit down and stream all the episodes in one weekend. <laughs> and I'm serious. You have to watch the show. You can't get around it. You have to do it, but have some tissue nearby you because at any given moment, it's going. To, it's a slow buildup, and you can feel the tears welling up in your eyes. You can feel it like <laughs> up at the floodgate. You can feel it, and you're and you're going to try to fight it because I did it. I was like, I'm Did not going to fight your throat. I, oh my god, yes. And you try to fight it. He's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And next thing you know, you get the little ugly kid cry like. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like that. I get it. I cry over like reality TV shows, you know. So well, you, you know, will not have a cry like this before. I'm gonna be on the floor with this stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, you, you will. It stays I need recovery time. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh my god, I cried last night. <laughs> it's like now, yeah, like I'm falling out of work. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like somebody wanna like like the American Idol, not like something like that. There's like happy cry or like victory cry. Somebody did it. No, this is deep human emotion. This is that, like your friend is going through it and you experiencing it with them. It's not a, a, a fictional character. Yep. Like I said, it transcends sympathy into empathy. 
It transcends. Well, I definitely have that, and I'm I'm afraid. You're making me nervous. Do it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Oh my! It's so worth it. This just to experience this type of writing. I like I said, I have never seen anything like this before, ever. It's just it just the creativity behind the subject matter is like who would have thought about having a couple, um, you know, just married. She doesn't want kids. Apparently, they didn't discuss it beforehand, and she wants a career, a singing career at that. And you know, they decide to go ahead and have kids, have a kid, and now she's pregnant with triplets, and then do it across three different timelines. Yeah, I was gonna say they've done because they've done the whole like the beginning part of what you said. They've done that a million times, but they've never done it like how they're doing it now. And then, and uh, because the 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 expectations have changed for television, you know. And in my like, I was telling Kente, I think yesterday, I was saying that like because I watched Scandal and and How to Get Away with Murder. And, I yeah, yeah, I used to. And, mm-hmm. and I and I just feel like I never thought I would be interested. I was not interested in either of them, and then I finally got into them, and I'm I'm obsessed because I just didn't, you know. I'm first of all, I'm just proud of her, right? I'm proud of Shonda. Yeah. And uh, and I just love the characters. I love everything about all of them, and I think they're all so important. And I just love it. I love this kind of writing. I love twists and turns that I don't see coming. You know. And see, for me, I love the show since the beginning, except for how to get with with murder. I didn't. I didn't grab onto the show, but for like Grey's yeah, Anatomy yeah. and Scandal, um, I love the shows in the beginning. The first three show, the first three seasons of of, of Grey's Anatomy. You can't tell me those weren't the best shows ever. And then Scandal. They don't like season 800 now. Like. <laughs> yeah, but, but for me, the writing fell off to the point where I can't even watch the shows anymore. I stopped watching them because they lost the core of the characters. And it's like they didn't grow. You just got new writers in and changed the character and tried to make a new story out of them. And I, I was think just, scandal. I, yeah, in the beginning it was a love story, and like after that it became. I, that's what I, that's what I was expressing to him was that I think that a lot of men look at it like it's some chick show, because the first season of Scandal is very much I could see being a chick show, but at this point in the game, there's so much torture and violence going on that it's not anymore about that. Like everybody's getting tortured and killed and violence and. It's crazy. It's not what it was. There's no love story in there no more. That's not what it's about, you know? So, like, I encourage men to try to get into it, you know? Just push past that first season of, oh, it's love, it's love. Because it gets into, it gets crazy. And Huck is my favorite character. He's, like, the the the, the crazy, murderous, like, yeah. our dog. I love him. He's crazy. He's playing this role so well. How could, how did he get into this? He. I can't. I can't even. I can't even. I think Kente, you would love Huck. If you don't love anything else, you'd love Huck because Huck is like r- such a good character. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, he's well, like broken, but 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 he's got he's got her back in such a way. Like oh my god, he's crazy. He's murderous. Yeah, I've, I've heard about he will, him. That's a good he's, actor he'll too. Torture somebody to get answers. That such guy a is a good thing. actor too. Yeah, he there. is. This now is let me let me do my number one, and then we'll we'll start saying goodbye. Um, yeah. my number one is Game of Thrones. We have, we've already talked about it. Uh, just real quick. Um, this last season, if you didn't like the last season of Game of Thrones and you were a Game of Thrones and you've been watching Game of Thrones, check your pulse. Cause you're a dead person. <laughs> that last season of Game of Thrones was some of the best freaking television I've ever seen. And I've seen it all. I've seen all yeah. the best shows, uh, that, 
that have come out in the last several years, or, or most of them, I should say. That shit was so amazing. The first episode was a little slow. I'll give you that. Yeah. But after that, oh my God. Every episode was like retarded good. And that's a lack of a, I couldn't even think of a, another word that would give it justice. Um, and then, the, you know, I mean, from the action to the, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I could just go on and on, but come on. The reanimating of a of a uh, of a uh, dragon. Yep. That that scene, and you know it's coming, right? But when it yeah. happens, you're like, I mean, I literally turned into a kid. I was giddy, <laughs> like when it was happening. I was like, giddy. I, was, I forgot who was here, but I could. I was like, you know, you ever get real excited about something and you grab the person standing next to you and you're shaking them, and they're like, "Calm down," you know, like that's how I was. <laughs> like I was when when the Night King reanimates the uh, the uh, spoiler alert the the dragon into the ice dragon. I literally freaked the fuck out. Excuse my French, even though that wasn't French. I freaked out. That I mean, even though you could see it coming. It was, you know, that was a great scene. And then I'm thinking, we're not going to get any of it this season. They're going to hold, and they give you, oh, my God. I am not going to even say it because if you haven't seen it, you know, uh, I don't want to ruin it. But the way it ends, the way the season ended was bananas. It was freaking crazy. Like, that last moment, you're like, I'm really good. I just was uh, telling Nikki uh, the other day. That I'm really good about waiting, you know, for the next season. You know, I'll, I'll wait the year or whatever. <laughs> I got shit to do, right? Man, yeah. the way that season ended, you're like, the way the last season of Game of Thrones ended, you're like, those bastards. <clears throat> and then you find out you got to wait like two years. You know, it's like, oh my God, it was so good. And then, two you know. this cruel and unusual punishment. But it was so good. <laughs> But it you understand so why they're doing it? Oh yeah, because they have to have the, the certain the weather has to be very cold in certain parts where the, where they're going to film doing the Man. filming. But I mean, they're I'm not good until the end of 2019. But you know what? If that they means... need two winters. <laughs> but you know what though? The show don't end now. The show doesn't end. You know, like the good thing about the last season that the show is technically still on. So, you know, like that last moment of Game of Thrones is gonna be like. It's going to be kind of bittersweet, you know, like, you know, like Game of Thrones is so amazing. Um, probably the weakest season for me was the second season. And and mind you, that's like saying the weakest of your children, you know, like they're all great. <laughs> but, you know, they're all great. But the second season probably is the little slowest because it's a big season of transition. But season three till now, like season one is amazing, 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 amazing. Season two is probably a little slower on a slower side for people, but it has like a great ending to it. But season three is like from three season three on, it's like balls to the walls. You're just on the edge of your seat. And, um, you know, the one thing I'll say though, it kind of had a Lostian thing as far as you at, at first you worry about shit that I'm just going to keep it real. You don't find out about until later, <laughs> you know, like, you know how like in lost in the beginning, you're like, Oh, what's up with the polar bear? And then you don't find out about the polar bear until like the third season or whatever. There's some things that they will drag on for a while before you get a resolution. You know what? Don't even just don't tie yourself to certain 
things. It just takes a while before it it plays out. Just enjoy the ride. It's in a terrific show. The last yep. season is going to be an event. You know, it's yep. going to be an event. Every episode, we're going to have to do something. Yeah, remember, like, watching Dallas and, like, who shot JR? It's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be so huge. It's it going to, um, and that finale. It's going to be like the Super Bowl. It's going to be literally like the Super Bowl. The final. Actually, oh, it's yeah. going to be like every episode is going to be like the Super Bowl of the final yep. season. And I think every episode is, like, over an hour. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yep. so they're you really just. You know. So I, I'm so excited. I'm yep. so excited by it. It's great TV, and that's pretty awesome. So before we say goodbye, I, 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 I have to say some parties. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do all of that. We're gonna do all of that. Yeah, we're gonna do all of that. Okay, before I say goodbye, I have to mention something. Something really cool. If you're a fan of '90s television, you might be a fan of the show Martin. And Martin heard about that. Yeah, no, and, no, I disagree already. And Martin no. Martin unfortunately ended very, very bad because of an incident that happened between um Tashina uh I mean not Tashina Arnold, uh what's her name? Tisha Campbell. Tisha Campbell and, and Martin. They had a uh you know, uh unfortunate stuff happened and they fell out and it affected the last couple of episodes. And recently they've made up and there's a um they were caught coming out of a restaurant Tashina Arnold um Tisha Campbell and Martin Lawrence um and they were talking about reviving the show at, at least probably to set it more right based on what happened in the final episode and I think that's really cool uh, one if they never even do another more to Martin cuz every show's getting a reboot right even if they don't do any Martin, it was cool to see those three together because I know yeah, that, I that. Yeah, that I agree with. Yeah, so I don't think they should do the show though. I think it should be it's what it is is what it is. I don't I don't want to see it come back because because there's always that fear you're going to mess it up and then it's like come on, don't do that. Just let it well, be. Where you know, it's not God with the wind. So if, even I mean like if they mess it up, I mean the the world is not going to fall off its axis, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it still yes, be cool it, though. They going they going to talk about it, and it's not going to be. I just don't want to do that to it. Like if it's in a great place, why would you want to come back out and then make it bad? And, you know that would be like I had a Broadway show, and it comes back and it's horrible. Well, I, I'm but glad it, it already ended on a bad note. But didn't Tommy die last year? Yeah, Tommy died. But yeah. you know, I could see what it could be centered around his funeral. You know what I'm saying? Like the opening no, thing, whatever. Come on, that's horrible. For comedy? No. No, there's a lot of humor in death. Not if he, no, that's too much. No, I mean, I'm saying that that could be the the thrust or whatever that brings them back together or whatever. So, you know, they if you do a reunion special, but I don't want to see no whole season. No, I because for me the last couple seasons of Martin ended terribly, and because. Um, even now he's doing like like that same old shtick. I it's it's like it, it doesn't transcend our uh it doesn't fit uh, in with the time, right? Exactly. Well, I mean that, they're gonna have to step I, up that's there. Why I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't honestly I don't care. It's so he's so over the top, you know, in the show he's like all over like he's yelling and his arms is flying and it's extra and it's like that's not really how people are on TV now and so we don't to see that right. now it's not well, Martin, yeah, Martin Lawrence oh. is not a his comedy doesn't uh, transcend those two decades Martin, Martin, Martin Lawrence is, is his, his comedy hasn't grown I say this Martin yeah. Lawrence is not a dumb person so I'm sure that whoever he would get involved would fix that but I mean it's not even honestly it doesn't even whether they come back or not whether they come back or not doesn't matter last year 
Right. He was on a show last year, the year before. He was on a show. He was doing the same old Martin Stick. He was just playing a lawyer. And I was just like, you still doing the same comedy? Okay, maybe he is Okay, maybe he is. I would see Living Single. Living Single could come back for me. Okay, not but, with the same. But you, you guys are missing the point. The point is not whether the show's coming back. <laughs> the point is it's cool that they've made up. That they made up. Yeah, that's, that's the cool. that's the that's the nugget. Okay, and one last thing, uh, one more last thing that I wanted to get to is next week we're doing the top five date films of all time because uh, because um, Valentine's Day is coming up, so. Um, you know, if anybody wants to participate who's on the show tonight, um, you, you most certainly can. But these are the top five date films of all time. So it doesn't have to be a romantic film. It doesn't have to be The Notebook or or Oh, whatever. my God, please. Or please. Message in the Bottle. The notebook. No, the notebook. don't do that. It, it could no. be, it could be uh, what's that movie? Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> summer that was back in the day. That was a perfect <laughs> You know, it could be that. Or it, or it could be Debbie. It's clearly Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, clearly, that is the only answer. There, you, there is no other answer. Debbie That's Does it. Dallas, if you want to go uh, Taxi Driver. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, you wanna, if you want to do like Taxi Driver, you know, it could be an uh, adult film, you know. So it just depends on, you know, so whatever you want to put on your list. Um, the, but these, these will be the top f- date films. So I'm going to start off with you, Princess Coco. How can we follow you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at who was it? What's my Twitter handle? Oh my god, I forgot. Coco. Uh, Coco. No, the one you love, or what is it? The one love, one true love, right? One true love. Yes, one true love on uh, Twitter. I'm sorry. One, one true. Yes, love. one underscore true underscore love. It's on yeah on Twitter. Sorry. Alright, I, I got it. Oh, <laughs> I'm looking at your little profile picture too. It's nice. Um, all right. And um Nikki, how can people follow you on social media? Um, all of my social media is the same. Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter are all Lud and Nick. So it's L U H D A N I C K Lud and Nick. And that's how you can follow me everywhere. That's all of everything. That's the only way. There's no other me's. So if you see other ones, let me know because I've had that problem recently. Oh really? There's another you out there, huh? Yeah, somebody was still on the staff. Oh, okay. That's terrible. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. No, I don't. Why would me of all? I'm. I'm nobody. (laughs) Don't be stealing my stuff. Let me be regular. I'm I'm, I'm looking at your profile picture, and you look like a cat. I think that is. Is that a bunny? Yes, I'm a kitty. I'm a kitty. Okay, kitty. And um, of course, uh, Jen. How can people follow you on social media? They can find me on Twitter at following bliss and they can find me on Facebook with my Facebook page, critical laughs. All right. You can follow me at Kente F on Twitter. Of course, you can go to our website, uh, indieradio.org. I promise you uh, next week's episode will not be three hours long. <laughs> uh, it'll be a lot shorter than this, but you know, we hadn't been around for a while, so um, but it was a great episode. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us. And I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, catch you and God bless. <laughs>